Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Super Show podcast, episode number 102. And joining me this week, I'm very glad to be able to say we have a full house. Once again, Chris, you have returned to the fold from the jungles, <clears throat> from the depths. Good to have you back, my friend. I, I have been resurrected. Thank you. Thank you very much. Just call me Lazarus, really. See, I was thinking Jesus. You're, you're quite Jesus-like, at least in my in the image of you that I've built in my head. You okay. Know, it's, it, it's the so, beard and the fact that you would give up anything for the good of your people. <laughs> this is true, but uh, the, the question is, who are my people? The Jews, huh? I think, specifically in this story. Someone who wouldn't kill himself for the sake of the Jews, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Alex Jones, also here this week. Thoughts? Yeah, this has gone weird quickly. I was just thinking how Chris has not returned the same man that he left because he's current, currently cradling a pillow, trying to make himself remember what it was like before he went to the jungle, to the dark. I don't know. Josie, you know, it just feels right. And in the moment, it's, um, you know, when you've been resurrected, when you've uh, stared into the void and the void stares back at you, you you, you learn to just kind of give yourselves little wins. Mm. That's that's a good point. Is is, Is it one of those waifu pillows? No, it's just the fucking pillow, you weirdo. Oh, right. That would have been a great reveal if you were just showing up like the top of a pillow for the entire podcast. It was actually a full-blown <clears throat> body pillow with some anime character on it. That, that's how, shit. We, when we eventually get around to doing your body pillows, Jamie, that's, that's how we're going to introduce it into the world. Can, yeah. can I can I derail us early on? And just but You um, think we haven't been derailed already? <laughs> um, but there was, a, there was a picture that I think... Okay, so did you know when, the, when everyone left Afghanistan, right... The Afghani, no, was it the Taliban troops were took to Twitter apparently, and they were like trolling people hard. Like they were, it was the weirdest thing, right? You're some terrorist group who've also got some pretty good online game. But one of the pictures <laughs> that um, I saw someone shared was it was a an American soldier's waifu pillow mm. was like that they'd left because they left so quickly. It was just on the floor, and they were standing there pointing their like guns at it, <laughs> like they were <laughs> wow. going to kill it. And they tweeted out that hardcore, no, like, yeah. I mean, it's dangerous territory saying something like this on a podcast that is broadcast not just on the internet but also on digital radio. But you know what? I give the Taliban props for that. You know, they don't wow. get the, they don't get much respect. You know, out here in the West, for the work they game. do, nor should they. But meme games on point. Wow. Okay. So, uh, known terrorist sympathizer Jamie. I know. I, again, I don't sympathise sympathizer. sympathizer. I'm, I'm. I think down with the Taliban, just as a general, just sort of putting it out there, putting that into the ether. Don't. Not a big fan, but the meme game hot take. on point. Yeah, you know what? Hot takes and trash opinions. That's what we're here to provide. And um, wow, if we're not really, providing... really, really striving hard to get get us cancelled before 2022, Jeff, do you have some kind of ulterior motive? Are you joining a rival podcast? Well, we've got two weeks left, right? Like, we've got to fucking write a hot check as we see this thing out, and this is my way of trying to make sure that happens. Um, Please, Louise. As for whether or not our meme game can match that of the Taliban, you can find out for yourself by heading over to Twitter and keeping in tune with our social media offerings. We're at Super Show Pod, and you can also find us at that same handle on YouTube where we upload the video version of the podcast that you may be watching now, if so, hello, or you may be listening to now, mm. if so, also hello. And if you would like to catch that audio version of this podcast for yourself, it's available on all major podcasting platforms like Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts. Head over there, download it, give it a listen, give it a review or a rating. We would very much appreciate it. And hey, let's say you're somewhat on the cutting edge of digital media, but you don't really like YouTube 
or Spotify or iTunes or any of those platforms, well, we do have an alternative for you. Because as I already mentioned, we are on digital radio. And if you head over to paisleyradio.com on Thursdays at 10 p.m., you will be able to catch us broadcast live through a digital means. It's not quite AM or FM or any of those other weird wave things that they used to do back in the day. It's so much better because it's still digitized, baby. And um, yeah. what is a podcast if not a podcast if not digitized? That's a rhetorical. Yeah. You know, it's a rhetorical question. You don't need to answer. Really, <laughs> that was one of the seed I was planting. You see, you say that, but how dope would it be to go to like? I mean, not now because fucking COVID's fucking reared its ugly head again. But like, when shit opens up again and we're able to go, like, let's say we go to an insomnia or something. Right. Like how how sick would it be to do like? a live podcast experience extravaganza. Ah, okay. Ooh, I like it. I like I'd it. love it. Honestly, I would, I would, I would be so down for that. Yeah. yeah like, an cool. audience with an evening with the super show. Boys. Yeah. You get I mean, a, I think you're getting a bit ahead of yourself. <laughs> I mean, you, I know. Tri- I, I, I think. Jonesy, dream big, dude. Yeah. Well, it doesn't have to be for, it could just be us in a room, to be honest. Um, yeah. True. Which is true. kind of what we do. But yeah, just, you know what, Jonesy, 2022, do me a promise, okay? Think big, all right? Think big. Yeah. Hang okay. on, I'm sorry. No, I, I, we're getting on the same page here. I thought we were getting cancelled before 2022. I thought that was that was exactly <laughs> well, what we just discussed before we no, started No, but recording. we've got to think big about our retribution arc, right? Oh, We're going to get okay. cancelled and then think big and come back. So exactly. wait, do, does the live event come before or after we start oh, the Patreon Jamie, that fucking, makes do I have to explain everything right-leaning to content? We get cancelled because of the shit that you say, okay? Cool. Okay. Tick, okay? Yep. Then we go uh, radio silence for, I don't know, a month, month and a half. Tick, okay? Then we start coming back. But as as we've kind of, we, we've planted the seeds before. I don't know if people have noticed this, but we go for the right wing. That's right? where the money yes, is. That's where the money is. That's where the money is, Lebowski. That's where the money is. And what do you do then? An audience with... The right wing super show, baby. <laughs> yes, smart. Hosted Very by smart. Hassan Piker or something like that. We'll just <laughs> we'll rope some other political figure on the from the interwebs in. Uh, he got banned from Twitch this week. He's probably he got some free time. Um, yeah, but hey, Vash got banned as well, didn't they? Yeah, oh, they said the word oh. cracker, which I don't know what YouTube's policies on that are, but we're we're, we're going to find out once this video goes live, <laughs> or, or Spotify, or, or or any other platform. Fuck, actually, we're on. Fuck. Okay, you fucked us, Jamie. You've, I'm talking. No, I'm no, no, talking you've, about you've dry legit, biscuit like. You've legitimately got us cancelled now because Twitch is owned by Amazon. Okay, we are on. We are Amazon podcasts. Yeah. But Jamie was talking about Christmas crackers. How can I talk about crackers? Like, what else would I put cheese on, Chris? You know, think outside the box or pull on Christmas Day. Yes, I mean, anyway, yeah, though, anyone is able to pull on a cracker on Christmas Day. Just come over to yes. my house. Yes, I'll, I'll, I'll oblige. When in doubt, grab a grab a cracker by both hands and just pull outwards and see what happens. See what just comes out. Just yank, yank as hard as you can. Yank one, on that cracker. One violent thrust and get a nice explosion. Yeah. Well, do you know <laughs> what? I don't know whether or not we're still going to be here next year, but one of the reasons that we might um, hope to readjust and maybe not get quite as cancelled as we were before is that at <clears> present. <throat> And I say at present mm. with a strong emphasis, the show is still sponsored by Manscaped. Um, if I if I had I, pistols, I'd be firing them in the, in see, the air no, right again, now. Again, like again, I haven't read the contract. I, I don't think they go for that. 
Like, I don't think you fire guns off during sponsor segments. What if you do it in a really what if you do it in a really Mexican way? Okay, and see now we're talking. I get again borderline cultural appropriation, if not just straight up racist. But um, I think we could get away with it. Hey, hey, you hey! You, uh, you uh, could get away with. Manuel Guerrero said it's okay. Hey, we've got the pass from Manny G. Then, and if Manny G says good. it's cool. Then I'm like, hell yeah, let's fucking go. Agreed. You know what else is cool? Twenty uh. percent off your order and free shipping at <coughs> Manscaped.com with the code Super Show. You're going to hear more about Manscaped and their amazing line of products later on in the show. But for now, lads. Should we dive straight into some gaming news? Because I'm not sure we've said the word video game at all so far. And I don't know who's hosting this runaway train, but um, <laughs> the brakes clearly aren't working. <laughs> Is this like I'd, I'd... Uh, the taking of Pelham 123? yes lawrence fishburne uh, is has been cast to sam fisher that's basically what we're getting <laughs> no wait was it lawrence fishburne in the original no no oh, that uh, was original. that no, was no, uh no. no it was i'm getting taking pelham one two three confused with something else i don't know it was denzel right in the remake what was no. lawrence fishburne there's, there's john travolta in the remake i've got no idea you're yeah, thinking of an was... unbreak un- i don't fucking know just just no let's, let's, trust let's go... trust me Denzel was in the Taking of Pelham One Two Three. Oh my god, I'm I'm looking this up now. You I, De- I, De- Denzel and John Travolta were in the Taking of. Oh, the thing is, what's the Laura Lawrence Fishburne film that I've got on my mind that also where he takes a train? Assault on Precinct Thirteen. Oh well, that's very. Well, how different. have you that's got? How have you got that? Confused? No, no, I, I, bro, no, because it's on. a remake on that on that era, right? Like, I get it, I get it. I get a re- it. a remake of a classic action film where a black guy and a white guy <laughs> double head a film with a number on the end. Come on. Assault on Precinct 13, taking a Pelham 1, 2, 3. They might as well be sequels. They're probably in a shared fucking universe. Okay, I've got a question for you. And this is this might define whether we get an episode 103, okay? Right. Which film is better, taking a Pelham 1, 2, 3 or Assault on Precinct 13? I've only seen Assault on Precinct 13, so I'd have to go with that because I haven't seen the Pelham 1. Uh, I've Inch. only seen the John Travolta taking a Pelham 1, 2, 3 in the cinema, no less. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, um, yeah. Jamie, you're out of the podcast, unfortunately, because the correct answer is Assault on Precinct 13. There you go. Thank you. Well, you know, yeah, fair enough. Like, uh, yeah. Do you know what I got confused with at the time was District 13 and District 9. <laughs> See, yeah, that must have been very sensible. disappointing for you. I saw both of them just to make sure <laughs> it was okay. <laughs> to be fair, they, bit, they literally have the, the same word uh, followed by a number. It's just a slight they, difference they do. in the number. I think you get away with that one. Um, and the trailer was confusing because they both come out in the same year and in one of them it's uh, your boy, whatever his name is. <laughs> your boy, whatever his name is. What is his name? <laughs> Which film? Step District 9 definitely. or District 13? District 13. District uh, 9, District so- 9. Shalto Copley. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. The, the prawns guy. <laughs> Talking about prawns all the time. Yeah, there you go. Now, now wow. it's all coming back. And District Pick, 13 had, was French. So um, yes, you watch the trailer and you Wasn't like, it Luc Besson? Uh, yeah, I think it was Luc Besson. What's, every isn't every French film that comes out of France, Luc Besson, or, or Denis Villeneuve. So yeah, yeah. Uh, you you basically you create a scale on from zero to one hundred in terms of the amount of parkour and free running there is in it, <laughs> and if it's over fifty on that scale, it's Luc Besson. Yeah, um, right. True, fair. So was that the one that got remade into a film with Paul Work Walker and Rizza? What was that? Uh, I don't know. I might be taking us down a weird <laughs> rabbit hole of re- American Maybe. remakes of French free running and parkour I, based I, action I, films. I was going to say. No, you're Jamie. right. You're right. Remake. There was a remake called Brick Man- Brick Mansions uh, that mm. was start that was set in Detroit, um, and it was starred Paul Walker and David Bell. Yeah, uh, and Rizza, right? And Rizza as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. 
Um, it was it was Walker's final completed film before his death. R.I.P. Uh, Talk about going out on a high, yeah, right? R.I.P. Yeah, JB. Uh, what now that we've gotten rid of all the fucking normies by not talking about games? Let's let's fucking yeah. go into it, right? Actually, I was talking to a couple of people in the Discord the other day, and they actually said the more you guys can talk about Luke Besson's filmography, the better. Um, ah, it's going to yeah, be well. disappointing for them then that Luke Besson has yet to direct a film adaptation of the hit video game series Splinter Cell uh, by, <laughs> by, no, by known French studio. <laughs> but in true, by known French studio Ubisoft, who, um, well, let's be honest, lads, this time last week when we were bringing up Ubisoft, it wasn't under the most delightful of terms. Uh, Chris, I know you weren't with us, but I'm sure even you couldn't avoid the um, ever-growing, uh, I don't even know, like, a good word for it, cancer that is the uh, the swarm of NFTs that... Yeah, I, I don't want to get into it because honestly, I could do a fucking... Maybe that's for the patrons. I'd do a fucking three-hour shitcast all over a fucking NFTs because the dumbest shit ever. But yeah, it was ridiculous with the fucking Ubisoft quartz and whatever. Yeah. Well, <sighs> do you want the good, the good news? The good news with an asterisk? <laughs> yeah. Okay, the good news with an asterisk is if we get straight to the point, as the insiders back in October suggested that it might be, ha- might be um, Splinter Cell is in fact returning. And this week Ubisoft confirmed that a Splinter Cell ground-up remake uh, is indeed on the way. Give me um, the fucking... Di- uh, inject it right into my smoothly shaved balls. You're so happy you're forming Voltron over there. I love yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but but I, I know that, you know, with, with everything... 2021, and with everything Ubisoft related, there's going to be a, a a fly in the ointment, isn't there? Right, and actually, do you know what, Chris, it was your tweet that I think perfectly <laughs> encapsulated everything about how bizarre this whole story is. And it's not so much the nature of the project or the work they're doing or what they've got planned, but it's the very 2021 way they announced it, which was essentially, hey, not the Game Awards, it wasn't a Ubisoft forward stream, it wasn't E3, it wasn't anything like that. It was in the middle of nowhere on a random Wednesday afternoon, they put out a tweet and an accompanying YouTube video that essentially announced this Splinter Cell remake, not with a cool cinematic trailer or a new look at an updated Sam Fisher model and his you know up-to-date shenanigans, but was essentially part of a big recruitment drive um, saying, hey, this game exists, come and make it. Which I don't know. I wonder if there's a point where they think like stuff's leaked and they're not, you know, there's nothing coming up that they think, oh, we've got anything ready to to go to, you know, uh, and a proper do a proper release with. But they're like, but we want to announce it and we want to sort of so we'll bugger it. Let's just put it out there. I wonder if that's part of it. But Ubi have got passed for this as well. They do weird sometimes. They just let things slip under the radar. They're, they're super weird, weird dude. Way. Can I can I go off on this a bit? Because as you as you fellas know, I'm I'm a big Splinter Cell fan, and I've been long held as a proponent of like saying, hey, championing Splinter Cell and bringing it back. And you know what? To to Ubisoft's credit, they actually listened to me, didn't they? Because I said, all they need to do is have those three fucking green lights with the fucking sound effect and just say Splinter Cell. So they listened to that portion of it. They just put it in the wrong place and they added, by the way, come work on it. Like you said, that's actually the best way of fucking saying it, Jamie. Like, look, it, it, I think people got to remember that it could have been worked on for a very long time and they just need more people to continue the vision. It's not unheard of that people continue drive um, recruitment drives in a project like even midway through. So, you know, it's not like the end of the world that, oh, it's fucking ground zero. It might not be. It might be. Who knows? 
but there's a few cool things and a few shit things. The first thing is they there was a lot of mention of it splint cell going open world, which I don't you know is kind of pause for concern in terms of like how are they actually going to do it proper justice? Like right. you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to have like faux um, stealth like in the fucking Assassin's Creed games. Well, like you're not gonna there's not gonna be a shrub and you're gonna totally. hunker down. You know like they've got to give it them serious proper fucking thoughts and. Even though I've been kind of like chomping for the bit for this, I think it was this year, and it was actually one of the, um, I'm sure it was in one of the podcasts, but it was definitely in in one of the Discord discussions where I was saying like, you know what, Ubisoft 2021, I don't want them to remake Splinter Cell because I don't think that they're going to be doing a good job. Mm. And and that's just like the the fucking crazy thing about it. Like, why, why, <clears throat> announcing, why? why? Disappointed! <laughs> it's just that, like, announcing it in this way with so little fucking fanfare or anything, like, th- this announcement, as we as we theorized plenty of times, should have been the one more thing to an Ubisoft Forward or an E3 conference. <clears throat> it's a big deal. It should be a big deal for this company, and yet they're not treating it like a big deal. It's almost like fucking the fourth child whether you don't, you don't give a shit about them, you're like, it's like, yeah, she's wearing three generations of fucking hand-me-down clothes and, you know, he'll eat the fucking scraps off the floor, the dog. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I said in my tweet, my, my boy Sam Fisher deserves much better than fucking what they've been doing with the Splinter Cell kind of IP up till now. And now the fact that they're rebooting it, I'm glad they're rebooting it, you know, following the first story I really liked it. And I'm glad it's in Snowdrop. It'll look really fucking cool. But come on. It's just like everything about it. It's just like, you had one fucking job. It won't look really cool. It's going to be trash. Do, do you, have you forgotten already? What? Have you forgotten already what they did to Prince of Persia? <laughs> yeah, we go. How is your, we go. How is your memory so short? Yeah, we that go. was also a remake of an original game from like, two, they're, two, they're basically the exact same thing on paper. Yeah, but, but was they that... butchered the prince. But was that on... Yeah, they did butcher the prince. But was that on Snowdrop? Because no, Snowdrop is a good looking engine, dude. Like... Yeah. It doesn't matter yeah. how good the engine is if if they do know, they do the same sort of crap. Nah, I, yeah, you're right, Jonesy. Version. You're right, and that's why I'm very hesitant about Ubisoft in 2021 because don't don't drop the ball, fellas. Don't drop the ball. No, I agree. And like, I think obviously I want to remain optimistic about this, but I also kind of get um, where you're coming from, Chris. And that like I wanted there to be a little bit more fanfare around this announcement, and it's yeah. not so much that like. Like, like, as we'll get on late to later in the show when we start talking about the Game Awards, like, we all are deep down on some level when it's an announcement that, you know, is good for us and is something we're looking forward <clears> to. <throat> we all become cucks for that kind of, like, the start of that hype cycle, no matter how much is, in effect, just another form of marketing. And yeah. the thing I always come back to is that there's an idea that sometimes floated around in recent years that the announcement of a game, that very first announcement, has never been less important than it is now. And in some respects, it's just about get it out there, say the name of the thing, and then come back with more later. And the one I always remember was when uh, Jonesy and I, of course, were there in, in in LA for E3 in 2018, which was, of course, a whole three and a half years ago now. Um, uh, Bethesda did the seemingly implausible thing of confirming the existence of Starfield and the next Elder Scrolls game back to back. And at the time, I think people kind of said, this is, on the one hand, it's pointless, but on the other hand... 
They've trumped the leakers. They've got ahead of the people who are going to inevitably going to say it exists. They've inserted it into the ether and into people's subconsciouses. It will grow and you know develop in hype, even if we don't say anything about it. Case in point, Metro Prime Four, and eventually we'll come back and everyone will be ready for us. Yeah, but this is kind of like this is strange because I think when people say a remake, we don't have the idea in our head that it's going to be a massive, massive project. It might be punchy, but for example, EA are making uh, a remake of Dead Space, which sounds functionally very similar, and they yeah. have at least initially said it's going to come out next year. That might well be wrong, but you know that's EA's timeline. Um, so it it doesn't feel like a a, a, a game that deserves that. <laughs> Let me plant this in people's subconscious and come back in six years' time, sort of treatment. So why not just, bro? Like the Game Awards was like forty hours earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just I, I know it in there. Send I know Jeff why an email. They, I know why they did it. It is fucking so painfully obvious, and it it drives me mad. It's because they wanted some good press after the fucking quartz, quartz. thing. But 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 then right. again, they were like, yeah, but how can we? I I don't, I don't like why why attach a job posting to it. The problem is they've kind of lost it as well because the, I think the 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 issue with um, trying to cover bad press with good press is if you do it like this a it doesn't really work because people would much rather slag you off around your bad press and <laughs> yeah, i've seen yeah. i even since they did the announcement for splinter cell i've seen more bad press about quartz so it, <laughs> it kind of gets eaten by the bad press um and the thing you have to wait that's the only way to do bad press they should have just gone radio silent not yeah. said anything for a month and then done the announcement and they would have been able to get some air between the two things and they would have but yeah, that's the only thing I can think is, like you say, is, it was the courts thing, which well, is super weird that they did it like in this way, though. But I agree. It does, though, nicely tie into the question that's on everyone's lips, which I have to now bring to you both for, for an answer, which is how much does the NFT of Sam Fisher's Night Vision Goggles go for <laughs> in the current market? Uh, uh, was it, do you mean like a version so you can have a thousand versions of it I, with a different serial number scratched in front of it in my head the punchline of the joke was the question itself and I haven't <laughs> thought about it that much more uh, someone's got, someone will buy it for $10,000 ah no okay. but you see because you have to have uh, 600,000 uh, play, playtime hours in the game in order not to you, get it not if you buy it no in order to get when, invited to buy it yeah, oh. when, they, when they rolled out the uh, the Ghost Recon stuff this week, the first people who got the <clears> opportunity <throat> to mint I thought they were or given buy, it. I, or, thought, I don't know. I thought they were given it for six. Did you see the no, price no, no, ranges no. for that shit came out? No. Like, no. they were like, um, that, so, that, I can't remember what the tweet was, and I'm not going to look it up, but it was basically um, the cheapest one was $50, and the most expensive was like 400000 and the most expensive one that had been sold was $21. Um, it's so, that's it's from so the stupid. Ghost Recon stuff. So that Ghost <clears throat> Recon helmet. It, it's not a fucking forever franchise. I, I always, I always related to to CS:GO. CS:GO has been around forever, and like guaranteed, when they come up with the next version of CS:GO, they're going to figure out a way to transfer everyone's fucking items because it, it's insane not to. It, it's a forever franchise. But don't you, don't you think that the whole reason they're trying to do this with games like um, Ghost Recon is because they want people to get so invested with the old NFT thing that they have to keep playing the game and then they've got no, no choice because then they're no. invested. I, I'll be honest. I, I think everyone jumping onto the NFT bandwagon realized two things. That A, that it is stupid, but B, that you have to do it because there are people willing to buy it. 
is fucking supply and demand. There's a there's a fucking demand for it, so I fucking supply it. So it, it's like who, who gives a shit? Like players aren't gonna do fucking NFT shit, but you know who will? Fucking NFT bros. They'll fucking get in there. And like, oh yeah, <laughs> these, true. I'm gonna That's take so advantage true. of all these fucking gamers. I'm gonna sink in all this money on it, and then boom, all of a sudden it's like, well, I don't want that. Fuck you. I'm not doing that. So maybe so maybe they've done a, a clever thing then in in ta- saying you can only have a chance to buy it if you've got 600 plus hours. Because yeah. because then do you know what happens is this again. This I would laugh if the ga- if the people who actually play the game 600 plus hours they get the opportunity to <clears> buy it. They buy the NFTs and then the game bros come to them and like, hey bro, I'll give you a thousand dollars for that uh, for that mask that you got for fifty bucks. And then they go like, yeah, all right, and they sell it. And I, inside I, of a week, I bet you that's I bet you that's what fucking Eve and his gang are hoping is going to happen, but that's not going to happen. That's never going to happen. Instead, what's going to happen is the fucking game bros are just going to buy the game, put it on, on their PlayStation, and just leave it on. Mm, <laughs> just fucking just leave it on. For Don't play the game. 600 hours. Just get in, in there, leave it on. Boom. Done. 600 hours. Think, wham, bam. Thanks, man. <laughs> there was something stupid, like you can turn the game on, change the clock, and then it will just like log <laughs> 600 hours immediately. Yeah, that's some, imagine. Ka- some Kojima shit there. Back it's in 2001, mad. we were fast-forwarding the system-level clock to get, like, Halloween or Christmas bonuses in certain <laughs> games, and now we're doing it to unlock the ability to purchase them. <laughs> like, where did we go wrong? Yeah, Jesus. Um, well, we, we deserve everything that's fucking happening with regards to NFTs, I'll tell you that much. I mean, I see where you're coming from. And for as much as NFTs might be a divisive topic, and for as much as we might be questioning... Where we went wrong, fortunately, <laughs> uh, for as much as the announcement was strange, Ubisoft have yet to give us any real information that suggests they are, quote-unquote, going wrong when uh, it comes to the development of this new Splinter Cell remake. So we'll keep eyes and tabs on it and we'll keep you guys up to date. If there's any more news, hopefully we see something actually from it. Once once they've actually hired some people, I don't, <laughs> once, once people watch the video and apply for those jobs, maybe they can start development and um, we'll get some assets. Um, uh, sooner rather than later. Um, but in the meantime, how about we jump forward a little bit and mm. uh, bring up a little comment of the week. Oh, juicy. So this one uh, comes in from Adam Nichols. Uh, and I will say before I read the comment itself that Adam Nichols left this comment on the latest uh, video on the, well, if you listen to this podcast, it's the latest video before this on mm. the Super Show YouTube channel, which is a little bit of a blast from the past. It's one of our good old-fashioned six lists. I think you might have heard us mention a couple of weeks ago that we got together and we recorded a batch of three of them that we have been um, slowly doling out initially over the Patreon to people on the uh, $5 tier or higher, uh, and they are now slowly also going live on the YouTube. Uh, we'll talk about those a little bit more later, but uh, if you do want to go and check that out, that is available to you, as Adam Nichols did. And he had to say, It's so great to see you guys doing ATG-style videos again, even if it's just a few. I absolutely love that you kept in the bloopers. Hearing Jamie rag on Jonesy about punctuation and repeatedly try to say his lines was hilarious. <laughs> Thank you, boys, and happy holidays. Hell I mean, yeah. Jonesy, you um, you cut that one together. What, was it was it as fun to uh, to edit as it was for uh, the folks to uh, reminisce you know about? It, it actually was because um, I forgot that when. When we're in the same room and we're doing it all together, and especially when we've got like, because uh, we like write scripts and stuff to to sort of give us a bit, at least a bit of a guide. Um, you, some of the fun just ha- just comes out of like the situation, and I think that what he was talking about there did did have me laughing because it was uh, I think yeah I'd I'd written a section and there was a, a, some punctuation missing and you were getting quite frustrated and Chris was Chris was standing next to you laughing and he couldn't contain himself and I think it was it was it was your annoyance was was yeah. humorous that, that's the, the that's the difference about being in proximity right like 
it, we we've recorded some voiceovers for um scripted videos uh remotely but then again you're just looking at your screen at, at the script or whatever and you're trying to think about whatever you're going to ad lib but when you're sat next to someone i was sat next to jamie and in the in his periphery he could see me just like my shoulders fucking chuckling up and down <laughs> it, it fucking throws you and and it just kind of like creates such a different dynamic i'll tell you i had such a fucking blast doing those like really really fucking loved it jamie did you spill on yourself <laughs> no was, i think there was there was like something on the rim of my can and so when i went to drink it went in my mouth and i was like is that a fly or a spider or something it was chocolate which huh. i guess is kind of on brand for me <clears throat> nice very nice um but yeah just just saying that like i fucking love doing those six lists and it's encouraging to see that people really like them like there were loads of kind of comments saying like oh this is great this is old school and i'd be interested to see if it kind of like it, it has made some people kind of find us again cuz let's let's right. be let's be honest like podcasts not for everyone um <laughs> but six lists this six lists are maybe an easier barrier of entry so i'm i'm looking forward to the rest coming out Yes, I agree. And um, a big thank you to everyone that uh, watched early, um, whether as a part of the Discord and the $5 tier. And a big thank you to everyone as well who watched on YouTube. Now those videos are starting to go live there, especially everyone who liked the video and left so many lovely comments. And a reminder, um, whether you are on the Patreon at the $5 tier or subscribe to the YouTube channel, keep your eyes peeled because I think um, if you want, by the time you're listening to this, the second six list will be live for patrons and uh, for anyone that missed us talking about it in recent weeks, there will be three to look forward to in total over the festive period. What more could you ask for for Christmas? Um, personally, I can't think of anything, really. That's all I mm. want. I'm going to sit there on Christmas Day ignoring my family with my headphones plugged in, just <laughs> listening to them, all three of them over and over again. Chuckling. Hell exactly. Yeah. That's the best way to kind of spend your time, right? Yes, and... Hey, if you can't spend your time listening to our six lists, then may I recommend spending time over Christmas with the ones that you love. And the ones that I love at this moment in time are our ever-loving patrons oh. who so kindly support us week in, week out, and keep this show on the road. So um, a little reminder for anyone that wants to pledge or anyone that wants to check out the various tiers we have and the rewards that those tiers offer. The link is patreon.com forward slash super show. We thank you in advance for checking it out and looking at all the goodies that could await you should you decide to pledge. But in the meantime, a big thank you to everyone that's pledged so far, and especially a big thank you this week to Aaron Cameron, Athletic Gravy, Dark Silhouette, Episode 85, 33 minutes, 20 seconds. It took 15 weeks for someone to get the joke. Thank you, Peter. Jesper Camdal Nielsen, Jovella Cujo, Leo Merger, Magic Grits, Mindful, P- Mindful Pig, Mr. Anthropic, Nathan Pierce, Pastors Guild, Scary Omen, Starfall Kid, Zach Cream, and the big dogs, the head honchos, Brett Z, Doppler, Geometric Potter, Hacksaw Bookread, Manuel, Manly Manscaped Man Guerrero, Peaswad, and the Uncaged. Oh, the Uncaged. All. Yeah, and actually, we were talking, Chris, you and I in private, away from the prime <laughs> years of Mr. Jones, about whether or not to reveal a bit of trivia about um, the main man, Mr. Uncaged. And we've decided, actually, Jonesy, we would give you some insight here, here because we thought it would be good to get your live reaction. So you might remember last week when you were hosting, and it was you and I recording, that there was a certain name uh, when we were reading out the patrons, that uh, the pronunciation of which caused a bit of a discur, a bit of discussion, Jesse. Do you remember what it was? <laughs> I do. Yeah, I do. 
Yes, and uh, you might remember that you, in fact, stepped in, and based on your knowledge of a certain of, Nordic uh, Ragnarok TV, the show, TV show, Ragnarok the TV show, you uh, you said with gusto, with your full chest, that you knew how to pronounce the name of our patron. Uh, note that I'm actually not saying the name, um, but I will inform <laughs> you that the Uncaged has been in touch with me this past week and said uh, that uh, quote. You guys still butchered my name to bits. Um, and when I said that you thought that you were getting the pronunciation correct because you'd seen it on that TV show, he went on to say, yeah, that was completely wrong to the point that it hurt. So um, I'm, but the, this is the best part. I'm glad I haven't said it again then. I'm gonna I love not that. Say well, I love no, that. The, that's the thing, Judge. You haven't got to the best part. Is the Uncaged isn't changing their name to the Uncaged indefinitely. They're doing it this week so that I don't have to say it. And perhaps when Chris hosts, he won't have to say it too. But unfortunately, the implication <laughs> is that that name may ch- may well change back to the full on Norwegian. You know, do you know what? I'm gonna mouthful. I'm gonna I'm gonna go and find one of those YouTube videos that does the pronunciation and tells you how to pronounce something. Those are never right, dude. No, yeah. I know they're not. You, know, you would look up you would look up Chris in one of those videos and it'd just be a woman going, "Crass, <laughs> crass, <laughs> crass." <laughs> I must have one of my one uh, one type of video that I love to watch on YouTube is like Americans teaching other Americans how to do a British accent, and then and they're always terrible. Like, well, I say always. Every now and then you get one who's amazing, but no, the ninety percent are crap, and they can't yeah. do it at all. So yeah, uh, there's a lot of fun. They are. Do you know what else is a lot of fun, Jonesy? Uh, lots of things. Well, one I, thing I that can... I find especially fun, especially at this time of the year, is when, it shaving. Um, Oh, wow. You want Chris? Come on. You want, oh, Jesus you want, Christ. You want, there's that age old expression, isn't there? There's, the only thing better than a Segway is a Segway ruined. Yeah. Well, and there, you're looking at the Segway there's, ruiner. There's one in every podcast family, and uh, there you go. There he is. Clearly, Jonesy, so eager to share with the world that he shaved his balls uh, this week that he can't <laughs> help but jump the line. But he's right, folks. Uh, as you may have noticed in recent weeks, that this show, the Super Show, is now sponsored by Manscaped. Thank you very much to Manscaped. And I'm glad to be able to tell you that this week, mm. the holidays have come early as Manscaped have the gift that keeps on trimming. Oh. Let's see what I did there. I like, like Com- it's a, coming and trimming. It's a play on words. Ask me how I'm spelling trimming. Wow. <laughs> because uh, here's the thing, boys. Santa's beard isn't so appealing when it's coming out of your trousers. And that's why Manscaped, <laughs> the leader in below-the-waist grooming, have you covered this holiday season? And now it's available in your country. I don't even know where you live, and I can say that with full confidence it's available in your country. Which other below-the-waist grooming brand can say that? There might be some. I don't want to know. Don't answer that question. It's Manscaped. <laughs> it's That's Manscaped. what we're here to talk about. And you can join the 4 million men worldwide who have trusted Manscaped to keep their trees trimmed and ornaments polished by going to manscaped.com and using the code SUPERSHOW. And hey... Here's a little top tip. If you use that code SUPERSHOW, you will get 20% off your order, but you'll also get free shipping worldwide. I don't give a, don't give a fuck where you live. You can move and then place an order, and you'll still get free shipping. I can guarantee it. Do you, think you could, do you think you could like place an order, but then constantly like like Jason Bourne it and just move country to country and just update ah. your tracking and see if, and see if follows Manscaped you. follows you? I bet you they do, because see they're a jacked you. company. Do you know what they, they are, Jack? I'm not going to make any guarantees either way because, uh, <laughs> but um, yes. And you know, what, actually, you know, what, I, I'm going to say this. I'll, I'll cover it. If Manscaped won't cover it, I'll cover it. That's how wow. confident I am wow. in Fuckers. the uh, in the service that Manscaped provide. Um, like speaking it. of service that Manscaped provide, it's not just about servicing yourself, though, is it, fellas? You're both married men. 
Mm. So um, may I present the idea of not just getting yourself a gift this year, but also getting yourself and your lady or your man or whoever is in your life that looks at your testicles a gift. Oh, um, yeah. That, that's, all I'm, that's all I'm getting her. Well, just shaving mm. balls. Yeah, just shaving uh, balls. Nothing okay. else. All right, cool. I think she'll be happy with that. I'll put a bow around them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some some bells and whistles. That sounds like a weird kind of like I feel like I've seen some weird like BDSM thing where someone like ties a rope around the balls oh, and like all the God. like it gets all like I don't know if the blood runs to it or away from it, but something happens. Doesn't sound good. Yeah, mm. but also like let's be honest, lads. If you're losing, if you're using, for example, the lawnmower four point yes. to trim that part of your body, which you I do need- use, Jamie. By the way, there you thank go. You. you do. What, what else would you use? I'll be honest. Like you know, you're not going to get any cuts or nicks. It's got an amazing light on it in case you want to shave your balls in the dark. Um, it's a convenient vessel for ball shaving. And and can I just um, you know, as, as someone who grew up in South Africa and currently they are having power outages uh, with their load shedding. So you know, solidarity to my South African brothers and sisters. But if you had a lawnmower 4.0 with the light on doesn't matter mm. if the Escon power grid fucking falls over and you don't have a generator or solar power. You just fucking crack crack open your your lawnmower and you know find your keys with it. Yeah, maybe shave <laughs> your dog, but you know just be careful. Just walking around. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> it's my torch. That's perfect, right? Because then it's also like an audible deterrent to people, letting them uh. know that you are coming in there personal space. Well, oh, phrasing, but yes, I like Shave that. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> yeah. the nice thing is uh, even if, you know, the visibility isn't that great and you walk into someone because of Manscaped skin-safe technology, you're not going to nick them or cut them. They and, will be as safe as your balls will be. And you know what? You're going to sm- smell mighty nice bumping into them anyway because of the fucking moisturizer that they give you. Exactly. I, I, you- I use that daily. That, that shit's fucking great. you got the Crop Preserver, you got the Crop Reviver, there's an anti-shaving ball deodorant, a moisturizer, mm. a t- like whether you're putting it on because you just need to freshen up your balls or you're putting it on because you just shaved your balls, the best ways to look after your balls can be found within yeah. Manscaped's excellent product. Like, do you guys ever get where, like, the, the, the skin on your balls, like, sticks to your inner thigh? Uh, yes, sure. Like all yeah. the time, right? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Use this moisturizer; it doesn't happen. Just fucking like not, mm, like not stick stick. sticks. Like, long, like, like no, something you you, and you just got to stand up and you just got to like pull your testicle you, away you, from your thigh. Where you've right? got to like get a chisel and like pr- put it in the get and pry it off. Yeah, yeah. get some WD forty, but you don't have to now because you just no. use the fucking moisturizer. It smells fucking great, and there you go. That's all right. You can join the over 4 million men worldwide who have trusted Manscaped to do exactly that. And once again, a reminder that if you are going to head over to manscaped.com and buy any of their products, to use the code SUPERSHOW, you can get yourself 20% off and free worldwide shipping. That's the code SUPERSHOW at manscaped.com. And thank you once again to Manscaped for sponsoring this podcast. I'm now just enjoying the mental image of Chris just waking up in the morning and like half rolling out of bed and going, oh, my balls, quick, get my moisturizer. (laughs) And he has to run and quickly get his moisturizer so he can just like quickly rub it. You got it, you got it. Pull it it out, right? Like get it like, you know, one of those. All right, okay. I like that. You just tug it, right? And just pull it, pull it away from the thigh. 
I'm just more alarmed that a few weeks ago, before Manscaped entered Chris's life, that it was WD-40 that he would reach for. <laughs> like, I don't like the idea of WD-40 being left on the uh, the bedside table. Jamie, oh, it's it, that it, or engine grease, all right? It's, <laughs> it's pick one or the other. Listen, it's 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 a good lubricant for multiple instances, but you know, now I have an alternative. So there you go. Mm. Do you know what's a good lubricant for a podcast? Uh, Segways, because okay. they get you from one point of discussion to another, like moving from a Manscaped sponsor segment to talk about the video games we played in the last week. Jonesy, Holy what have you shit. been gaming? Uh, do you know what? I have um, been playing a little bit more Halo um, in the Ooh. last week. Campaign or multiplayer or a little bit of both? Just campaign for me, because um, I really wanted to get into the open world section of that game and sort of get to grips with how it how it feels how it plays um and yeah it, it's it's i could say it's fine it's just it's fine at the moment okay it's fine um i'm hoping oh. that i kind of get to grips with it more but there's I, there is something that really bugs me about halo and again and i know it'll annoy people when certain things i say about think games like halos because the games i haven't played before and then you bump up against a completely normal game mechanic that everyone's used to and then you say oh i don't like that and people sort of get annoyed because like, well that's that makes a halo game but the way you have to swap weapons like constantly because you just run out of ammo all the fucking time really bugs me about that game like constantly hmm. having to drop a gun pick up another gun yeah you've got oh, look there's a pit there's an in there's a plasma pistol there's a needler there's a like and you get a gun which you like and you kind of just want to stick with it for a bit and it's like no no you've used up all that ammo you've got to swap it for something else i, I felt I, that yeah. big time in the multiplayer jonesy like the, the right. running out of ammo was just like ridiculous it is, it is it's also that sort of frustrating thing that you might you get a pretty tasty weapon like i don't know what it's called but there's some sort of like ridiculous sniper rifle with a blade attached to the underneath of it um and you know you want to save it maybe and use it for a uh against a powerful enemy like a boss or something but then some little grunt walks around the corner and you've got no ammo in your other gun and you haven't walked past <laughs> a, an energy recharging and you've got to use your super gun to like take out some melee. Melee. Yeah. Grapple you hook could melee. melee. Yeah, you just could do. Punch but... him in the nuts. Come on. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But yeah. it's, I don't know. No, it's, it's, that it's, sort of thing's a little bit frustrating. I, I just, to... I just, sorry, I just saw the t-shirt that Jonesy's wearing. Very nice. See, he's on brand. He's on brand. He knows, brand. He knows they're always watching and always listening. I was going to say that it's interesting because in the early stages of the campaign, obviously there's lots of interiors. Um, as someone who hasn't <clears> played it since we discussed it last week, I was struck in those early levels by how many ammo containers there were spread like every like so often for different kinds of ammo. But I can imagine that once you get out into the open world, yeah, and you're just kind of like mm. running across hills and mountains and grapple hooking or walk hogging your way around, yeah, there's not just going to be like containers of ammo here, there, and everywhere. I wonder if you start to take over those FOBs, if maybe it gets a bit more fluid. And I know that at certain points you can spawn in specific weapons that you like. I don't know. I, if that I haven't under- got that far into it yet. Right. So I'm, I'm, but it's, I, I think it maybe, maybe it will get better. But the thing that I noticed there is still a lot of is like the weapon racks with, mm. uh, and so you can grab another weapon. There's like loads of weapons. There's loads of grenades and all sorts. But it's, but it, then yeah, the, the weapons that are available to you always like the plasma rifle or the plasma pistol or the needler. And it's like, okay, I've just found some kick-ass shotgun and a rocket launcher. I'd quite <laughs> like to keep those for a, for a minute. Yeah. It's like, no, no. But I do no, kind no, of feel that. that that's kind of like, whether it's right or not that they kept it around, but I do kind of feel that that's kind of a core thing of Halo. I thought it's just kind of like is, dropping yeah. weapons, picking up weapons, just kind of like constant cycling between them. 
And it's the reason yeah. why you you can only use two, right? Right, right. Because otherwise Whereas it's like, yeah, like, let, um, let you fucking, yeah, if you're in Doom, you've got like fucking a shotgun, a fucking rifle, assault rifle, or this or that, whatever, all together. Yeah. And you're like, well, that's not that's yeah. not what Halo is. Was my right. sort of main first person shooter like every year is is something like COD. And in that, when you're in the campaign and you decide to switch <laughs> a weapon out, that's quite a big deal. You're like, oh, am I going to switch it out for, oh, maybe I won't. Oh, no, I think I'm going to keep that. And it's, it's, you know... So it's I don't know it's, it's, I'm sure it's just a Halo thing mm. I'm used to it but yeah um but then no moving on from Halo I also played a little bit of Evil Genius two because it was free on Game Pass oh, yeah. so I thought, right yes I thought I'd dip into that and Game Pass been putting in some work lately yes, yes yeah you um, you would have thought I, that they would have rested on their laurels a bit after Halo but no I know the the, the, no. the gunk came out today I forgot all about the gunk <laughs> yeah the gunk because we saw the trailers for that when was that E3 was it or something and everyone was like what the hell is the gunk and I yeah. saw it announced as well and I was like do you know what I might have to download the gunk <laughs> see what see what the gunk is all about but um, oh you I know what it's it. about baby <laughs> so I played I didn't play any gunk yet but I did play a couple of hours of Evil Genius 2 um mm. which is cool a fun game um I need to sort of maybe play a bit more of it it's it's a bit uh I think it's going to be pretty limited in its scope, but it's a fun little game. It's a fun time. Yeah. You um, have a little play around, be the, what, who's the guy? The uh, dude from Austin Powers. I don't know. Dr. Oh, e- Dr. Dr. Evil. Evil. Yeah. 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 It's very, it's very based around that sort of character, isn't it? So, yeah. It's cool, man. That like that, that, that's a fun game, right, dude. Yeah. Yes. Was, um, oh, and then something else I played, but I'll let Jamie say, cause he played it as well. Right. Yes. Um, Jonesy and I, we both played, uh, we have both experienced, perhaps that's a better mm-hmm. way of putting it, The Matrix Awakens, which is the brand new uh, Unreal Engine 5 experience set in the Matrix universe. But I wonder um, if we might be able to loop back around to that later on in the show as we uh, arrive at its uh, chronological place within uh, <laughs> Jeff Keighley's Game Awards. Um, and then we can talk about the little clip they showed from the Matrix Resurrections and just uh, for the second week in a row, um, kind of coming our pants over the Matrix because I feel like that's one of our trademarks. Um, yeah. What, what do you think's the, in the Red Bull, buddy? It's just straight cum, right? It's straight just straight up it's, super show cum. Yeah. In the, if you go and read, read the original spec script that the Wachowskis wrote, it's it's referred to as a cum capsule. Yeah. Yeah. Cum um, cap. Cum cap. By the way, this isn't part of my catch up, but like, and I I, I don't know why I'm <laughs> sidetracking the podcast to talk about NFTs again. But did you guys hear uh, through Twitter, for example? That um, Stalker was doing some NFT related yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, as of 37 minutes ago, they have cancelled all NFT related and uh, uh, things related to Stalker 2. Yeah. So the pushback is working, folks. Good. You know, there's finally some fucking sense in the world in this fucking simulation. Yes, exactly. Um, I was trying to think of a, a sense or a simulation uh, segue to the thing that I played this week, but I can't find it. I don't have anything. Um, I played Chorus, which, uh, if <laughs> you don't you remember mean, Chorus... Don't you mean Cor- Corvus? I was going to make that exact joke. That it was <laughs> the, the, the artist formerly known as Corvus, as Jonesy called it for, like... I think it looked a like a V. It is, in your defense, it is stylized as a V, like, yeah. just 100% it's a V, but it's called Chorus, apparently. Um, which... I'll be honest, I wasn't looking to add to my list of games. Because Jamie, I'm, hold on, sorry. Are you going to joke about me wiggling around as I sat on my leg? Yeah, is your chair just like on its... No, the, like, that, oh, my chair is on its last legs, yeah. no pun intended, but I was also moving to sit on my leg. Oh, okay. I, I thought your, your chair was like on the cusp of breaking and you were like, oh! oh. <laughs> no, not quite. Um, okay, my sorry, chair's yeah. going! No, I was just saying that like, 
I'm kind of in panic mode because um, I had a couple of games on the go. Like you guys know, I've been playing like Cyberpunk and we talked mm. about Halo last week and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, oh, I've got to finish all these games before Christmas or Christmas Eve because I'm going to get other games over the Christmas period as because I'm 28 years old, but I'm still sad enough to get Christmas uh, presents that are basically just entirely video game oriented. <laughs> um, and then for some reason, my job, which is nothing to do with video games, required me this week to uh, play at least two to three hours of Chorus. Um, so <laughs> oh, wow. I, I, I had to play and capture gameplay. Um, as I can't get into why, but yeah. Um, and it, it's 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 fine. Like It, as like it was a, like a space sim, right? Yeah, so it's it's a it's a space action game. It's a space combat game. Um, it's a pretty firmly in. I don't know what people call it nowadays, whether it's a double A territory or B game territory. But right. um, published by oh god, I'm going to forget it. Um, I can't. I, I can't remember uh, now. Deep Silver. There you go, Deep Silver. Um, and you can kind of it, you can tell very quickly which territory it sits in. Like, um, but it also feels like a game where they've tried to extrapolate as much as they could out of the budget. So, you know, the, the visuals are solid, but not overwhelmingly good. But at the same time, they've crafted some surprisingly big and open spaces. It's not a linear game. Like, you can uh, take moments to fly around these these sort of space stations and asteroid fields and whatnot and take side missions at times. Um, there's a lot of writing and a lot of story and a lot of lore. But again, for budgetary reasons, most of it is delivered by voiceover in your ear while you're flying or like a cartoon picture of the right. uh, or drawing of the head of the person who's talking appears to the side. Um, the thing I'll give it props for though is that I feel like recently most of my exposure to sort of dogfighting elements and space action games has been like as part of a Star Wars Battlefront Two campaign or right, Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. I haven't always loved yeah. it because it's it's that classic thing of like I don't know if uh, this is I'm preaching to the choir or the uh, or not here, <laughs> but you know when like. A dogfight starts in one of those games. You're flying forward. It wants you to know about your enemy, so it puts them in front of you. But for them to be in front of you, they have to be flying towards you because you're coming at opposite <laughs> yeah. ends. Yeah. You're shooting at them, you're shooting at them, shooting, and then, they, and then you pass. And all of a sudden, they're behind you, and you have to turn around. Yeah. And the time that's taken you to turn around to look at them, <clears> they've <throat> moved in such a way where they're kind of behind you now again here. And you're yeah. just kind of like doing circles around each other. The earliest... The w- earliest w- welcome to dogfighting. Right. The early stage of Chorus were all of that. But Chorus has really cool ideas to work around that. And so one of it, get this, is dog drifting your spaceship. So it's a thing where you essentially, if you imagine, it's, it's, like, it's like you've let off the throttle. You're letting the momentum of the ship carry you in that same direction. But you can now, with almost like advanced acceleration, turn around and spin on a dime while continuing the momentum of the direction you're originally moving in. Okay, yeah. so, so, so Tokyo, Tokyo kind of, drifting. You can Tokyo drift, and it's actually got some like challenges where you'll have to like go forward down this very narrow corridor, but like turn right while continuing to move down the corridor. So you're facing right and shooting things to the side. And it's also because for story reasons, got some weird like spiritual shit where the chick in the plane or the the ship has pilots. Uh, fucking hell, has powers. Excuse me. Um, and one of her powers is just straight up. It's on a cooldown, but it's like, oh, I can teleport behind anyone. And you push the button, and you go, yeah. and you appear behind them, and you can start shooting them. Okay, um, nice. It's a, would, yes, it's it's a it's a not a, a rare thing in space combat games where you can do the rotation like while your oh, nice, momentum's nice. carrying you. But it's a, I think I'm pretty sure Star Citizen has it. I think. I think. Um, uh, oh no, sorry, Jonesy. Oh, uh, that's a that's a fifty dollar add on to be able <laughs> to do that in Star Citizen. So 
Uh, it's, no, the old so the old school piece, uh, not old, not well. Maybe you would call them old school PC games. Like there's quite a few of them who have, have that kind of mechanic. But it's nice. yeah, it's 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 super useful when you're trying to rather than doing the old like you said the Star Wars Battlefront thing of when you're trying to position yourself, which is yeah. one of the least fun things mm-hmm. in that sort of game. Um, yeah, chorus yeah. circumvents that, and I just feel like it's not something I would have picked up normally. But it feels like a game that, not for any fault of its own, will probably be quite cheap quite quickly. And if you like that genre, then this could be a banger for a lot of people. Like mm. I've, I've seen some people online who ended up really liking it, probably because they're, you know, they're more into that kind of scene than than others. But yeah, right, like, yeah, they That's interesting, like it's, it's it's solid. Like it's it's a decent decent game, I'd say. Um, I used to be well into that genre as well. Maybe I'll have to have a look at it. Ooh, yeah, right. it's got some stuff that you, I think you'd like, James. It's got like like sentient ships with like that have like almost like transformers like personalities and voices and like they link with pilots and there's cult shit and all kinds of stuff going on. Um anyway, yeah, Chris, how was uh, how was mm. your week? Nice. Uh, uh, bef- your week in multimedia. Yeah, my week in multimedia. Uh before I get into that, I've got one question for Jonesy because yep. I think you hinted at the fact that you had played um uh Psychonauts 2, but did you ever did we cover it? Did we get your thoughts on it? I've I've not oh. heard Josie talk about that game. No, I don't think we did because I think I I think yeah maybe I hadn't. Yeah, I, I just I just I I'm just why. curious. Do you don't have to give like a long thing? Just maybe just a, 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 a couple of sentences. Uh, I think well, it's similar to Psychonauts one in that I thought the art style was cool. I like the writing; it's a lot of fun. The 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 the, plat- the gameplay is definitely improved. Yeah, like um massively so like i did i found trying to play psychonauts one i found a little trying like when you pick up an older game and you kind of go okay i'll just play this for a bit and then i'll stop playing it um i don't know it's weird i didn't play much of psychonauts one but psychonauts two felt familiar but um upgraded enough to be like a more modern game that i was i was yeah. enjoying it um and yeah it's something I'm, I'm definitely planning on playing more of um, yeah. which it's because some of the uh it's got some really cool interesting weird ideas that i had that i didn't know how they were going to, you know, work. Because obviously it's all about getting in people's heads and, like, controlling yeah. minds and stuff. And I was like, how are they going to implement that into, like, the, the just the gameplay in general? But there's some cool, fun little things in there. Yeah, there's um, some awesome things, man. Like, there's a, a lot of fucking creativity unleashed in that game. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's it's some really cool ideas. Some, yeah, very, very cool ideas. Yeah, cool. That's, that, that's all I wanted to know. All right, fellas, let me tell you about what's been happening in my life, okay? <laughs> uh so last week, Wednesday, I had my booster shot. So I am now impervious to uh, just anything <laughs> you boosted. anything you throw me. Yeah, just kind of like fucking Thanos when he gets all of the fucking mm. gems. The, what the about fucking, AIDS? Uh, probably safe all of them. on that one. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, all the AIDS. If you want to put it to the test, I know a guy. Yeah? Is, <laughs> I'm, I'm not fucking you, dude. It's not me. Oh. Right. Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> Okay, cool. And um <laughs> and that that day I that night I went to Manchester for my job, blah blah blah. Through an interesting turn of events, fellas, on the Thursday, I started to feel really fucking bad from my booster shot. And I played about four hours of Dota in my hotel room. And no, I lost. Oh, a, there's nothing I can think of worse than feeling gradually more and more like shit while you're playing Dota Two well, Josie, that's, on a that's laptop. Funny, oh, in in someone else's room. Yeah, like, that's funny just, you mentioned that because I don't think I won a single fucking. I, I lie. <laughs> I won the first match, and that's only because someone abandoned. 
and the rest of it was just a fucking wash. So up. you're feeling more and more like shit in the playing the game, and you're feeling yeah, more emotionally more like and physically. And you're like, is this the game doing this to me, or is this? Yeah, is and this and so I was having a bit of a bad time. I'm not gonna lie, I was having a bit of a bad time. Yeah, but I, I did sound great. I did make up for it though because that night I got an email from Sony, and they were like, oh, hey. Yes. Do you want to buy a PlayStation? I was like, yeah, I want to fucking buy a PlayStation. I was like, well, I can't afford a PlayStation, but I'd like to try. Um, I don't know if you've ever got one of those things where it's like you, you dangle a carrot in front of you. You fucking go for the carrot, even though you're not hungry for carrot. carrot, you know? I, love, yeah. I do love a carrot. Okay, Every, yeah. Everybody loves a carrot. So anytime that I've kind of like looked at like stock checkers or whatever, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, like Game or Argos is going to have a drop of PlayStations. And I'd be like, Okay, I'll I'll click on the link. I'll see what happens. Never get anywhere because it's all fucking bullshit, right? Yeah. But this was from Sony directly, and they were like, "Hey, tomorrow morning, eight a.m. Queues are going to open, and you've got a fucking line in the you know a, a spot in the in the queue." So like, okay, okay. I managed to wake up early enough to be there on time, and fucking long story short, fellas, I got a fucking PS Five. Oh yeah, and baby. Even better, nice. it was delivered on Monday. Unreal. Yeah, That's like amazing. it's mental. Like trying to get a PlayStation 5 for a year mm. and then just all of a sudden just get a fucking random email. Be like, yeah, cool. I'll take this. And then a couple of days later, like it's fucking in like, my house. Over and done with in it's, like it's, 48 hours. Yeah, it's just over there. I'm looking at it right now. Um, so, Bonkers. you know, blah, blah, blah. I set it all up when I got back from Manchester. Transferred... Um, from my PlayStation Five uh, Four, which took like fucking a day, this <laughs> is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but I was okay to just kind of leave it. I was busy anyway. Um, and yeah, like I, I, then life gets in the way. I haven't had much time to actually play the PlayStation Five. Um, I did like one of the biomes of Astro's Playroom. That was really cool. Nice. Kind of like uh, showed off the uh, dual sense to my wife as well. Kind of like. Showing her what it's all about. Pretty cool. Um, and then and then on Tuesday, fellas, I went up to Milton Keynes. Oh. Yeah. MK Dons. Good, good old MK. <laughs> good old MK. And funny enough, say MK. Because I went to MK7, which is the the building that houses Red Bull's esports facilities. Ah. Mm. Yeah. Just kind of having a chat with the guys there and seeing if I can make some content with them uh, for my work. So that was pretty cool because they had these... The, the reason why I'm bringing it up, like I don't really like to talk about like my other work, but the reason why I'm bringing it up is because game-related, they've got a really kind of cool fucking setup where they've got like six rigs with like proper proper seats that you kind of like your legs are higher than your hips kind of thing. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. And these like force feedback steering wheels that are like modeled after Formula One... Um, steering wheels and the mm. force feedback is like if you're not careful they'll fucking rip your arms off like it was so <laughs> fucking cool and just like I must have spent a couple of hours just doing like time trials it was really fucking cool really really fucking cool yeah. and that was of course like two days after um, uh, fucking the, the it, Formula 1 Grand Prix in yeah Abu Dhabi. and Red Bull fucking won so you can imagine well, what the atmosphere was it, like I was going to say yeah. that it's a good it's a good thing there was absolutely zero controversy about the <laughs> manner in which they won or anything that might and might not have happened on the final lap I'm good it was a glad it was a good clean not just a good clean race a good clean championship and uh, 
well, Max can return home to Red Bull um, <laughs> celebrate without uh, anything on his mind. You know what? If there's any fault, it lies at the doorstep of the FIA. So yes, fuck uh, we, were, we were agreement in that. Red yeah. Bull didn't. Uh, yeah, they're just doing what they're doing, right? Anyway, they, ra- um, they raced the race. They raced the race. So I haven't really had much time to play games. So it's a little bit of a. Uh, other than the PlayStation Five, which is fucking hallelujah, I finally fucking got one. Um, but I haven't had time to stream. I've been wanting to kind of get back into streaming and do my Sekiro, you know, return to Sekiro. That would be cool. But at least now I can do it on a PS5. So quicker load times means more time for yes. dying. Um, but yeah, like other than that, I've just been watching a lot of Succession, which is... Uh, I keep hearing about it, man. Well, you see, me too. I'd never watched it before. So I've started on season one like about a week ago, like beginning of last week. And just kind I of haven't like, even heard this. I've never heard this mentioned until last week, and now I've heard like six people mention it. That, in, in that's marketing, baby. That's the fucking beauty of marketing. I hadn't, I Bizarre. didn't even fucking know it was on the radar, and then all of a sudden I'm getting all these articles about uh, Brian Cox fucking bad mouthing Brad Pitt or some shit. I'm like, oh okay, cool. And then you just keep on seeing more and more articles, and then you think to yourself, people are really rating the show. Let me let me check it out. And then you know, but you, you're skeptical of the marketing machine, so you look online at like actual reviews. And it's like, no, no, it's actually a pretty good fucking show. Watch it. So you start watching and you're like, yeah, it's okay. And then you just get sucked into it, you know, right. as as you do. So, yeah. So um, good? It is good. I, I I would recommend it. It's it's just kind of like about horrible people who are way too rich for their own good. <laughs> Which, yeah. you know, I'm kind of into that. I'm kind of into misery, so. It's from <laughs> the um, creator of Peep Show, right, as well, so. Some is good it? Comedy. Yeah, that's the thing that, again, so... I had the similar thing with Succession, except for some reason I had it like last year. I think it w- would have been season season two, two. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was when I had my moment where I'm like, "Hang on a second, everyone is talking about and raving about the show." And I remember looking up, and it's like the guy who created Peep Show, Fresh Meat. There were a few other things. He was oh, like a writer. Weird. Yeah, okay. I know. Because like, I I don't think Succession is necessarily uh, pitched as like an outright like comedy in the same way peep nah, shows a comedy no it isn't um, at all and certainly more, more not drama. the same sense of humor um the, so the guy's name is jesse armstrong um right who wow. is who is indeed a, a an englishman from shropshire um he created or co-created peep show and fresh meat uh and was a writer for in the loop i think he also did some writing on four lions which was a very funny movie going from uh, yeah, going from a- fresh meat to something like <laughs> succession or whatever it's called, success. What's it called? Succession. succession yeah. yeah, it's called Succession. Um, that's a hell of a jump. <laughs> like that is that is a hell. Of yeah, a but jump. it's like well, that. Well that fucking, done to Jesse Armstrong. It's like that fucking amazing <laughs> dude, right? Yes, he went from like, was he the Hangover guy? But no, it was like Scary Movie Five or so. I don't know. Like yeah, or Hangover oh, or right. something. And he did like yeah, these yeah. really shitty comedies, and then he fucking made Chernobyl, which was like won a million awards. You're right. And now. And it now he's is, doing um, uh, Last of Us TV show. It is, it is, yeah. it is weird when that sudden, because it suddenly seems to happen, and you're like, how did they, how, the, how? How's that happened? Yeah. He did, you're yeah. right, Chris, it was a mix of, so he did Scary, he was a writer on Scary Movie 3 and 4, Okay, and then was a writer on Superhero Movie, Hangovers 2 and 3, and then uh, won two Emmys for Chernobyl. <laughs> it's, it, it's mad. I, I guess the point is that, like, people have skills, and you just they they need the right opportunity to kind of make the most of it, right? Yeah, yes. for sure. And and if someone says, "Hey, we need a writer on Scary Movie 3, you're not going to go, 
Oh, no thanks. I'm too good for that. Yeah. You, or you, you say, no thanks. I'd rather starve. It's like, mm, okay. Yeah. Adam, Adam, Adam McKay, I mean, I know his, the, um, was it Don't Look Up, his movie that came out this week? Oh, right. I know yeah. The, the, or still, I know still the, or, or, or maybe, or oh, sorry, the reviews must have come out this yeah. week. Uh, but I know that movie isn't meant to be like amazing, but like, and, and don't get me wrong, his comedies were never quite as silly as Scary Movie 3 and 4. But like that, <laughs> he, he, he pivoted very nicely. And I think, yeah, like the idea of someone <coughs> who was very funny, but also actually incredibly intelligent and having something interesting to say about the world. I guess like that's not too far-fetched an idea, right? Like, no. yeah, yeah. Like we're funny on this thing, but if Jonesy came out and wrote some like crazy, like political TV show, I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> you know what? Okay. I, yeah. I believe it from Jonesy. It's coming, fellas. We're just wait until we start our show. Um, I, I can't even think of a fucking funny name. There you go. Hmm. No, no, so maybe it's best that it's not happening. Moving on. <laughs> oh, I thought you wanted that to be the name. I can't, I can't even, I can't think of a funny no, name. No, I think if we had to have a show, it'll probably be called like, I don't know. Like literally, I, don't called, I, don't I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe, I don't or maybe know Idaho. Or maybe by and large. By and large. So, by and large. See, I think by and large could catch on. I think it's got a ring to it. No, or maybe, I know. maybe on the whole. I know what it needs to be. Oh my god, I've just, I've just fucking done it. Yeah. If I ever leave you guys in the dirt behind, yeah. and start a new podcast with someone who's bisexual. It's by and large. But <laughs> I like it. I like it. That's. I, I, I'd be okay with you leaving the Super Show to do that. Unless either of you two wants to um, <laughs> come out, s- discover yourself later in wow. life. I mean, okay. never say never, right? See, I think if we had a show, it should just be called Buscuts. 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 Wow. I'm down um, for it. It's like a, it's, it's about people making a podcast and uh, trying to make YouTube content. It's by like a. Oh, so you want to go the, the Seinfeld route? Called Buscuts. Buscuts. Yeah. Um, Wow. Now, how does one get from biscuits to Jeff Keighley? <laughs> That's the real question. Um, okay. One thing Jeff Keighley would happily wear on his feet <laughs> some biscuits. What? So, hang on. That's a good question. What footwear did Jeff Keighley go with this week? Did anyone make Weren't they like, sh- oh, no. Were they like black, silver, shiny boots? Or am I misremembering that? They, so they, you reckon they were shiny? We, we could do some on the fly fact-checking. I, re- I, re- I, remember, I remember thinking that he... he Posted a picture before the show, like of Fit his feet. Check. What do the kids call it? Oh, of his feet specifically. No, like, well, like his feet were in. He was doing like a picture of the stage or whatever, and his feet was there. I just like the idea of like Jeff Keighley like having like a side hustle where he just does like weird foot porn, and he like <laughs> does those videos where he's just rolling his toes around. Yeah, what, no what's that? What's that site that uh, Jonesy went and looked up after we spoke about it? Oh, Wiki Feet. Wiki Feet. Yeah, Wiki Feet. I'm watching it live. So, okay, they're not shiny. He's kind of, but he, he's shiny? sort yeah. of going for a kind of a suit with a more casual shoe kind of thing. They kind mm. of look like almost like high top sort of Converse style shoes. Oh no, what color are they? They're kind of like a grayish color. Um, right, yeah. I think what we're getting at though is that Jeff Keeley, <laughs> compared to his former shiny shoes self, uh, a little bit dressed down this week as he took to the stage for the Game Awards 2021, which. Let's be honest, we all might mark in our calendars initially as a show about presenting awards to some of the greatest games of the year, but in reality, it ends up becoming three and a half hours of game debuts, game reveals, game trailers, game play, game promotion, and adverts for lots of um, other weird shit 
in between. Yeah. Um, not even good ones, like nothing on the Hydrobot level, Chris. Just kind of like random adverts for like, oh, there's a sale on the e-store. Yeah, I, I think they should have just brought back Hydrobot. Like, like get rid of Jeff. There's yeah, a, there's just a have Hydrobot. Hydrobot, yeah. I mean, like, they said it themselves. Maybe. How do you take things to the next level? You get Hydrobot involved, and he's oh, nowhere yeah. to be fucking seen. Um, but yeah, like, w- w- let's be honest. We're, we're, we're going <laughs> to mention... Sorry, Jeff. I just got this yeah. image of, like, Jeff Keighley with, like, blood all over his face with a knife, and he's, like, shanked Hydrobot to death. He's like, you're not taking my sunshine. Oh, that sounds like a skit that Devolver Digital should get ready for their next E3 press conference. <laughs> I like the sound of that. Yeah. But um, I figured that for the sake of conveniently delivering news to the folks at home and us being able to discuss <laughs> it, we kind of um, follow the Game Awards lead, so to speak, which is that, yes, we will mention the odd award and the odd winner, including the uh, the big award itself, which is Game of the Year, yeah. uh, that was revealed at the end of the show. But mostly, a lot of the talking points we have here are games that either, like I said, got revealed or got new gameplay or got uh, release dates um, so how about we just start rattling through? Yeah, and, uh, just I, just I a week late. Well, it, it was awful timing. Josie and I joked about it last week, didn't we? Like, yeah. yeah, it was so so goddamn late. I think it started at two in the one in the morning, didn't it? Started at, started yeah. at one in the morning and ran till four a.m. Yeah, and oh. and some someone on Twitter, I can't remember who it was, but they had a pretty fucking decent take. It said no award show should have a runtime longer than Avengers: Infinity War. I like that. <laughs> I agree with that. And then you can watch both at the same time and have a pie. The problem, I think, with award shows in general is they're long because they, you know, they drag and they have all the, the oh, nominations, oh, here's this category. But I get why, because of that, they want with the Game Awards, they want to have, like, loads of trailers and show off new stuff. But then, yeah, you put the two together and you end up with an absolute behemoth of a, of a thing. Um, yeah. Which I almost feel like they should break it down into, like, a week-long thing now. Like almost like a no, summer game fest. No, man, they like, should almost like separate it out. It's but it's like it's like the Oscars, ridiculous. right? The Oscars each year they get like shorter and shorter. The the speeches get shorter and shorter. And what they've what they've always done is they've had particular awards kind of just given out before the actual televised. But show. that's because no one cares about the Oscars, though. Like the Game Awards is is, is insanely popular. Like lo- millions upon millions of people watch it because they want to see the new stuff. But I feel like the Oscars is getting less. Yeah, and but less no, but hold on. But that's because they I mean, want Oscars to watch the new the stuff. They don't want to watch the awards. Like yeah, yeah sure. Some yes. they want to know who wins. Top line, like sure. No, but- that that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. They they want to watch the Game Awards to watch that new stuff. And the way that they get the people to watch the awards is by having the new stuff. But the Oscars is just. Can, can, can we it. just do our own like yeah, we, hell yeah. We, we need to take Jeff Keighley's fucking thunder okay because we could do it in an hour I know we could well it depends on the reveals 15 minutes the kind of reveals that we could minutes. get like, yes <laughs> yeah. probably um, because our 15 minutes would be like right hello everyone tonight we've got no sponsors nobody wanted to advertise no one wanted to reveal their game this evening and we've got one award to give out it's game of the year and uh, it's gone star citizen congratulations and have a good evening. Now, but now, I think, now watch this trailer. I, I think, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think Keeley's though, uh, his hands are tied a little bit because the ironic thing is that in the since the launch of the Game Awards, he's since gone on to create the Gamescom opening night live show, which yeah. is not an award show. And that is proof that if Keeley wants to stand on a stage and show off trailers and gameplay videos, people will watch. I think the issue was that when he launched the Game Awards all those years ago, it was at a time where like the idea of like mainstream media and video game coverage crossing paths once again was still a little bit like uh like are people going to watch this where do we stream it like are we going to get enough eyeballs on YouTube and Twitch 
does a TV network want to pick this up? And for Keeley, I think it was like, you can advertise anything. You can get like actors or musicians or whatever on stage. You could do live performances. It's just, um, it's a format that mainstream and traditional media understand. But now the viewership, like Josie said, has got so large, it seems less relevant. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's is it his? Is, did he start it? Was yeah. he that? Was it literally he started the game awards the, on his own? The, the, as the the game awards, as the game awards, yes. Like there were old game show, there were old game award shows, and like he was involved in old like uh, video game TV and uh, digital productions in the past. Yeah. Um But that was why he did it. He was like, oh, I'm from like old video games media back when you used to try and get onto television because. That's what we thought the future was back when G4 TV and stuff was still a thing. That all fell apart, but actually, is there still a gap in the market for the video game Oscars? And the yeah. answer was yes, right. with an asterisk. The asterisk <laughs> was- being, if you stuff three hours of reveals into it. <laughs> I, was, I was just reading up the Wikipedia thing, because it was saying that um, there were the spiked video game awards what came before, yeah. and uh, yes. Keeley, Keeley worked on that, and then that's he sort of... Um, uh, pivoted and then made his own one, which was the Video Game Awards, which is obviously now the one which you all know and love. I've I want to know how much he's worth, man. He's got to be worth a pretty penny. Yeah, mm. dec- dec- a decent amount, I reckon. He's still listed as a journalist as well, like a little, little, little nice Jeff with his little boots on, just sitting in his absolutely <laughs> ridiculous mansion, just shiny boots know, like, everywhere. Maybe, but I, also maybe not. I reckon he is uh, into some really weird shit as well. Wow. Like sexually? Just in general. Like I don't even think it's as sexual. I, think I it's heard just... that he can't come unless there's a hologram of Kojima in the room. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know the yellow guy in, in, from Sin City needs you to scream? Yeah. yeah. Like that's Healy, Mr. Kojima, are you here? <laughs> and then he comes. Oh, no, what's the line? What's the Kojima line? Did you? I'll, I'll, I'll keep coming. No. Did, oh, did you keep... like it? Did you like it? Yeah. Okay. We probably got to we probably got to take that one out of rotation, don't we? Did you like it? I, I don't know. It's just, it is so good, though. All right. Anyway, come on, fellas. What, what was what was happening in the show? Well, sorry, <laughs> they <laughs> kicked things off, believe it or not, with a pre-show, which, despite being, as its name would suggest, a show that uh, a like little half an hour thing that happened before the main thing kicked off, did get a couple of interesting little uh, pockets of. Um, of info there, a few nuggets, and I'll let you boys know now that if you see anything on the little document in front of us that you want to talk about that mm. I might skim over, please do stop me. But in the meantime, do you remember Tunic, that Zelda-like with the fox yeah. thing? I remember yeah, it that, very well. That's coming out in March, believe it or not. Finally. I can't um, believe it because it's been fucking digesting for such a fucking long time. Oh, I signed yeah. up. I signed up to a newsletter about that when... It was first announced because it's like, hey, get exclusive, this, that, the other. Didn't get any fucking anything exclusive except for email saying, oh, yeah, it's not coming out now. It's coming out later. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. There was a bit of that in this show. Yeah. I won't lie. I, I, think, I think with like Tunic, it's one of those things where, for me, it's taken, it's been around for too long and it's taken too long to come out that I just don't care anymore. Right. Right. Yeah, then, that's a killer when it's like that. Yeah. Naturally, the other question then is that uh, is that the same case for you, Chris, when it comes to Homeworld three? I, I was never a big Homeworld person, despite my uh, love of RTS. Even though it wasn't really an RTS, but yeah, I don't care. Do you know what? Yeah. I loved Homeworld. That was um, it. Was one of my first um, 
I like experiences with insanely pretty spacefaring like RTS like games. I thought mm. it was absolutely am- I loved it. I played far too much of that game and I wasn't very good at it. But um it was do you, do you ever have that thing where you come back to a to, to a series and you kind of say are there ever going to be is there ever going to be another entry? I've over the years have you know tried to see like when when the hell is Homeworld 3 coming out? And yeah. um so I was I was actually really um I was really glad to hear that this is this is coming because I think it, is it a Gearbox? I think uh, who are taking on Homeworld Three? That sounds 3. believable. Um, uh, I can tell you that like it's been that Homeworld Two was all the way back in two thousand and three, which sounds uh, crazy to say that's out loud. Mad, yeah, nearly twenty yeah. years ago. Yeah, that's insane. Um, and in the intellectual property for it, kind of bounced around a little bit. Uh, Gearbox are indeed publishing uh, Homeworld Three, which was partially funded through crowdfunding platform Fig. Oh, Which, yeah. I feel like that's the first time I've said fig out loud for ages. <laughs> fig. Um, do you know what else I haven't... Oh, sorry, Chris. I, I, I heard you uh, sharp intake of breath. Uh, I was just wondering, wasn't there... There's a game called Shipbreakers, and wasn't that... Oh, no, that was Hard Space. Shipbreakers. Yeah, no, that was Hard Space, not uh, Homeworld, sorry. Oh, yeah. right, yeah. That's the one where you fly around space, like, breaking down bits of, like, ships for, like, scrap and stuff, right? Or... Well, no, it's... You're on a planet, and the... Planet have like crashed oh. ships and stuff, but oh right, yeah. But it was a, um, a hard space game, not a homeworld game. I thought it was maybe an offshoot, but uh, anyway. Well, it does. Hey, even if you don't want to play homeworld, Chris, you can still get your fair share of spacefaring because uh, guess who's back? Back, back again. again. Uh, Telltale's back, and you don't really have to tell a friend. I'm not sure if they care or not, um, but they are back. They're teaming up with Life Strange developers Deck Nine for a game based on Amazon's The Expanse, oh. which. I don't know. I think we established Jonesy and I had not watched that. Chris, have you? No, I haven't. I thought seen? it was like cancelled or some shit. I don't know. I've heard really good things about it. I think someone in the Discord um, said about it and said it was uh, said it was good. It's something that I've been meaning to check out, but I haven't got round to. But I cannot wait for a Telltale game around the Expanse. <laughs> that is well, my bag. I, I, I just like to say. Can we actually just wait. like? Can we force so Jonesy glad. to play this like on stream? Telltale or are back. Well, it's interesting you mentioned that because there will we we might have a little debate later on in the show because there's another game that we're going to have to talk about that uh, is let's just say Telltale adjacent. And might be more attuned to Jonesy's desires. I'll be curious to see if he's as negative about that. But in the meantime, I was I just positive. I was just insanely positive. Jones, I don't know the what you're talking about. You've ever been in your life. How can you say that? I was being absolutely legit. Were wow. you being legit when you told me that you were excited for the Wild West action game from the developers of Shadow Warrior called Evil West? That that's, this is a weird one that I. I had never heard of. I had no idea what to think about it. I think it's Devolver Digital um, uh, published, which is always a good thing. Like yeah. Devolver Digital are cool. Um, and it looked, this looks crazy good. Like it looks like it's just a hell of a lot of fun, but it's one of those where you think, is it going to be fun or is it going to be a bit of a one trick pony flash in the pan? Kind of like, oh, okay, I'm over it after like the first 15 minutes. I know what you mean. It's, yeah. it's, it's hard to know at this point, but I there was a, you know what, it was a weird thing. It reminded me of the show when I used to watch when I was a kid called Lone Star, which is like that weird Lone sci-fi Star. mashup, hell yeah, uh, kids cartoon thing. And I was like, with the oh, fucking okay. horse, yeah, yeah, the horse who turns into like a bloke with a shotgun. Yeah, it's like a metal horse with a shotgun. It's so, uh, Why so didn't fucking I get to grow up with it was like it was so fucking cool, dude. It, it was radical to the max. It was just like sci-fi meets Wild West in like a, a cool aesthetic, like the cartoon aesthetic. And this kind of just took me back there for a second mm. um, with this kind of, yeah, like Evil West looks like a cowboy Western sci-fi hellish 
sort of mashup, doom mashup. It was cool. It's, e- it's, like, uh, it's easy, like you're right, you're Jonesy, it's easy to kind of look cool in a one minute long gameplay trailer that's like <laughs> exactly, quite stylized, yeah. but it did have some definite, uh, definite flare moments. Um, another game with some flare moments, Chris, that I picked out because I actually thought that you uh, might like it mm. as a little sort of like on the go experience as um, someone who I know uh, had enjoyed Hollow Knight in the past. And that's a new roguelike game called Have a Nice Death. Yes. Which a um, bit of stylish action uh, with a cool art style, seeing you play as the Grim Reaper. Yeah. Um, well, Jamie, I mean, we need something to tide us over while we wait for Silk Song, right? <laughs> Which, yes, uh, the other thing that we learned this week is that Silk Song continues to not exist in anything. <laughs> it can still vaporware. Vaporware. Um, can, can, um, can I just... Something weird's fucking going on here, fellas. Okay, so we've got Evil West, but we've also got Weird West. Right, yes. Right, and now we've correct. got um, Have a Nice Death, and earlier this year we had Death's Door. Yes, Like, correct. W- w- Come on. This is this is like the year we always talk about where there were like two volcano films and two Robin Hood films. It's just like and two asteroid impact films. And now yeah. we've got two West games and it's two just, Death games. It's just like I'm a little bit over it, fellas. Like let's just get some originality going, okay? <laughs> yeah. Said the person from the Super Show. Hey, we're the most original thing on podcasting platforms since I don't know, Serial, maybe. Wow. Oh, maybe when we when we. Properly released Nine Murderer, we can say that. Yes, exactly. Watch this space, folks. 2022, a big year for celebrity killings. I can feel it now. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to Known Murderer. Do you know, do you know something he's got it, he's nailed it. it's my Known Murderer voice? I love it. It's, it's, that was, what is it? What was the show that you guys probably watched that was before my time that The Simpsons used to parody with a voice like that? Quantum? No. Well, Quantum Leap. No, not Quantum Leap. It's the show uh, that it's like. It's also got a parody of it in Alan Wake. It's on the TV shows in that, and it and it's like the Simpsons. You're looking through a door. Like, oh, Twilight like Zone. Co- Twilight Zone. Yeah. Oh, Twilight Zone. That Twilight Zone was great. Well, I can't remember. Yeah. The, what's the intro? I can, um, the what is no no because like the, the, there was an original Twilight Zone. Like, yeah, back, like, back in the day. Like I was well too like I in the forties or something, right? Or fifties, something like that. But then they they had like a newer version, which really was missed around. The there, there was a there was a movie that was like a collective of like Steven Spielberg and all those directors. Like I think it was early nineties or late eighties. Yes, in the eighties, right. you're right. Uh, and oh, that was that was yeah. sick, man. That was so cool. There was one, I think it was the Spielberg one where. Uh, John Lithgow was on an aeroplane and he and they flying through a storm, like a thunderstorm, and he's got a window seat and he looks out in the window and on the wing of the plane there's just this fucking creature like tearing out the <laughs> the um the See, engine. That's why, that's why I remember being parodied head. on the um Simpsons. Yeah, it's stuck in my head so much because it's such a fucking great little skit. Do you ever did you go. ever see The Outer Limits? Yeah. That was another side Twilight zone kind of deal where it was uh it was always had a weird moral I haven't thought about the outer limits in like ages dude i remember because the intro was like uh the creators or the, the tv would go weird to go we're controlling the horizontal the vertical yeah from the like inner mind to the outer limits or something and then you'd have like a yeah a moralistic sci-fi story that were always a bit oh, like too yeah. or but. speaking uh of the outer limits <laughs> so moving on jeff keely Hauled in from the outer limits of relevance, uh, Sting <laughs> took to the stage early on in the Game Awards. <laughs> he was like tra- he, he apparently I actually heard something about this about the performance. He was mid sex session, oh, wow. and they wheeled yes. him away to perform, and he was still keeping himself going. 
mentally, not, you know, don't get your mind out of the gutter. And then they wheeled him back and then he carried on. In fact, I, I heard one going one step further that Sting, actually, if you watch it back, he has six orgasms in the duration of <laughs> that one. So you can't sense them. They're, they're t- it's all tantric. Uh, I thought were, it was one big there, one. There is a recommendation to not stand so close to him. Oh, because he'll come all over you. Yeah, exactly. Um, he was there because his song, I don't know whether he wrote it for the show or whether it was the show poached it, but uh, Sting and his music did appear in the Netflix series Arcane, which is apparently very good, so shout out to them. I, I've watched half of it. It's not bad, you know. Yeah, I, I keep hearing very good things, and yeah. I'm not sure if it's because people are pleasantly surprised or because <laughs> because it's actually good or I don't know. I, know. Haven't, I, haven't, I haven't seen any of it at all. I, but, the- hey, Sorry, as I said, watch it, watch it, watch the first ten minutes of an episode and see. Oh, you'll right. know by Maybe. then. True, actually. True. Ten, ten minutes is that long? Maybe I'll give yeah, it a go. No, I reckon. I reckon. Yeah. The art style I, looks rad. I watched the trailer. Yeah, it's cool. The art man, style cool. is cool. I thought it was quite nice though that someone like Sting, who's you know super duper famous, could sacrifice that bit of time to uh, come to the game. True. Games. The amount of other people who I thought were going to be there in person and just videoed in um, <laughs> was like a little bit disappointing. Like. Look, Jeff Key was very happy to say, like, hey, it's Ben Schwartz and Jim Carrey, when in reality it's like, it's Ben Schwartz and a video of Jim Carrey. <laughs> well, I like, mean, okay. uh, sorry, fellas, there's still a fucking pandemic going on. You know, you're not wrong. Not everyone can get to LA. We just, we had to settle for Simu Liu and Will Forte. No, not, no, Pat, uh, what's the guy's name? Will Arnett. In Borderlands? Will Arnett. Um, yeah. Anyway, before we got to any of that, we did actually get a couple of. Uh, very big, very hot, very Ooh, spicy man, yeah. uh, reveals uh, to start off the show. Uh, initially, the first one we got was an extended look at gameplay of a game that was returning to the Game Awards two years after it debuted there, and that's Hellblade 2 Senua's Saga. And this time, rather than just a close-up of some woman sort of like <laughs> gnashing her teeth a little bit, we actually got some gameplay where she was still kind of broadly speaking gnashing her teeth, but this time also running around and throwing spears yeah. while she was at it. And that Chris, was you already look impressed. Yeah, because like I mean you guys saw it. It looked absolutely fucking phenomenal. And they have since come out saying that no, that was all fucking real time playable. That's the fucking game. Which I like yeah. is a bit of a question mark. Like, like you could kind of see where it's like okay, this is the seamlessness between cutscene and gameplay. Like there was that right. little bit of like oh she turns around and then you control her. But First of all, like, what yep. the fuck was going on there? But it just looked incredible. It looked really fucking it, cool. It did look cool. I thought, again, it, it, maybe this is just an editor's eye thing, and I don't know if, uh, like, we, maybe if you could, we go back to it and look at it, what we'd think. But always an interesting aesthetic choice when they layer on so many what are essentially, you know, fake c- camera effects. So mm. whether it's, like, chromatic aberration or, like, a dirty lens or very intense <clears throat> use of, like... um of of bokeh and you know yeah and so and stuff like that. Uh, sometimes it muddied up the image in such a way where I was like, I kind of see what this. I want to see what her face looks like when both her and the camera are clean because clearly <laughs> like the fidelity is phenomenal here. But you've also muddied up the image quite a lot in sort yeah. of like a. But but then that's part of the aesthetic, and I kind of dug it. But Jonesy, you. I'm not, yeah, not going to... You, you pull the face. Let's, he, let's he's say not, He's say not vibing. He's not vibing how I'm vibing. I'm that fucking no, cat like, in the corner going like... Do you know, I, t- I tell you that my issue with this as as actually a similar issue I had to something that um, uh, we'll talk about in a bit, uh, which was... And I, I think Chris alluded, alluded to it, is 
it looked amazing. Like, and they said that you said they said this is gameplay. This isn't um, this isn't like a pre-rendered trailer or anything like that. And I was just like thinking, okay, so where is the cut from when it, it's effectively a, like a cut, an in-engine cutscene, and it cuts back to her, and then she can do something? Because obviously this wasn't all playable. Obviously there were certain sections of it. Like she runs up to other characters and she's like, "Give me the spear," and then she like turns around, and that's fine. But if it if it's the fact that the you effectively only you you hold down L two and then you see a little reticle about where the spear's going to go and then you hold R two and then you draw it back and then you let go and you throw it and then it goes back into in engine cutscene as when she runs to another person talks to him I'm like that's not good enough you haven't then oh you're it's not doing forty nine percent of a game <laughs> no it's it's almost <laughs> like a it's almost like quick time event without the quick time event it's it's allowing me to have to interact with a, that insanely cool looking part of a game which I want to do but I don't necessarily want it to only let me play a really tiny fraction of that yeah, section. Yeah, but it, it won't. I mean, that's, that I don't, was I think a particular w- set piece. No, but I, I think that's exactly what it was showing. Okay, let, let me ask you a question. showing have like you, a drawn-out um, quick-time event that okay. you will get to partially interact with. Let me ask you a question not, then, Jonesy. Have you played Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice? Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't okay, so Senua's then how can you say? Because this isn't Senor's Sacrifice. This is a completely different game. It's a, it's a sequel to that game. Yeah. So you're saying this happened? This scene that they showed us? No. What I'm saying is like, how can Senor's Saga happened? The, in- the best way that you can judge what a gameplay of a game would be without actually having played it is to play the one so would you say would you say there was there was uh like or something that was apples to apples comparison enough in senua's sacrifice that you could say that this is a completely playable uh in like like you get to control everything section of the game like when that camera was swinging around from her running away to seeing the perspective from over her shoulder you're telling me that was all player controlled camera work that Running up to the people and getting the spears. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm not. I. I, I but yeah. Sorry, Chris. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say. I, I also. I think you're. It's unfair to call it whatever you call it, like a, a like an exaggerated or a, a prolonged quick time, uh, quick time event. Like that wasn't the vibe that I got it. Got off it, and I can kind of see what you mean. Like there were some of the animations when like there was a proximity between her and some of the NPCs, and like. Those inter- obviously, like the player's not in direct control when she's like up close to them and they're like interacting in certain ways. But like, I thought a lot of it looked like it was believably gameplay, and certainly like the last, oh, I think it looked, 90, I think it 90 looked... seconds to two minutes, where like I think broadly speaking, like you can you can see the cuts. Like I'm I'm watching yeah, it back yeah. now, and you can like there's a moment where someone falls over, she kind of stops to help them up. You're yeah. watching her help that person up. But you yeah. can almost see the camera snap back into position as she starts to run. Likewise, I think there were you, yeah, there were some definite points where it was like, oh, now it's you again. And yeah. but I just I wonder how much I, I don't know. I thought is because it, it, that came out, it looked incredible, and and the, but although it looked incredible, there were some definite sort of like weird bits of pop and stuff with certain elements, pop and in. like the fo- po- not pop in like pop like with the fire and things. There's a point at which I think a bush was on fire, or the or something was on fire, and it just moved in a bit of a weird way, and it just popped in like almost like it was it wasn't the the thing that was on fire. It was almost like an overlaid effect, and but Mm. that's fine, like because this is a this is a section of a game that's not out yet, so there's nothing Mm, wrong with doing that at all. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that they they shouldn't have done that, but there was weird to come out and go, this is all gameplay because it made me think, is it all gameplay or is it cutscene and gameplay and just you can't tell whether like 
we I, can't really I, tell. Which I think is probably which. what they mean is that like it's a section in the game rather than like like saying this is what you'll be playing, whether it's whether you're fully in control for the duration of the thing or not. It's like this is from the game, rather than saying like, hey, this is a cutscene. Right, which I, I which, yeah, no, which is, that's great, that's fine, because it looks fantastic, but I don't know, it was, it was a mm. weird flex for them to come out after and go, this yeah. is gameplay, and I'm like, it, it, that to me suggests I can just play that whole section, which I mean, I but, kind of don't well, Sorry, when, if, I, if, <laughs> if you turned that game on, played that, then turned it off because you had to go to bed, and I said to you, Jonesy, how was Hellblade last night? Like, did you have a good time playing it? You'd say... Well, I didn't really play it, did I? <laughs> no, but because you know what I mean were, when I because there were ex, there were this many minutes of cutscene. Yeah, because it was forty nine percent. It's forty nine percent gameplay. Fifty one. You know what I? You know what I mean when I say like a, a scene is 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 cutscene and gameplay intertwined. Like it is, and a quick time event yes. is the best example. It's called of a video that. game. Yeah, uh, no, but, but, Spider Man PS four boss fights. Like, but how much? Oh, okay. Yeah, you could. But some of those have got like quick time events and stuff in them for sure. But it's the quick time eventy feel of it is, which I was a little bit like, is it going to feel a bit like a quick time event? And sure. and do you know what? Now we'll talk about it in a bit because it's not coming up yet. But there, I had I had the same issue with something else that people were raving about. That really See, kind of Chris, me. this is what we get when we invite a Sony pony onto the podcast. You know, he just every, <laughs> he's got that blue tint over his yeah, eyes. Clearly, yeah. um, what? No, I'm, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I do get. I do get. What it you looked mean. great. I just don't like it really looked. Agree. It looked fantastic. It looked fantastic. Like it, yeah, yeah. it made me want to play Send with Sacrifice because I. I was like, Jesus Christ! I still haven't played that game. Um, and it's yes. it, on Game Pass. Like, yeah, no, and there's zero excuse to not to not play it. And by all means, although Jamie raised a really interesting question after the fact, which was um, oh, I think we right, just watched yes. it, and he raised the point of um, Send with Sacrifice is is as a game effectively about like mental illness and is in her head and and her things that she's dealing with sort of have uh, a given form and they're affecting her but they're not necessarily real and then jamie made the, the point which was hold on she just ran into a cave with a giant baby half man thing that everyone was attacking and, and yeah the people around her are attacking it yeah where it's yeah. very plausible if not li- like you know intentional to interpret Senua's sacrifice as a story that takes place within her head, as of essentially her schizophrenic misinterpretation of folk tales. Yeah. Yes. And do you know what's funny? After we logged off that call, Jamie, it reminded me of something else. And I thought, like, and you're absolutely right, which is, and this is a, is a kind of a weird example, but so, you know, in American Psycho, uh, the end of American Psycho is supposed to have a sort of an idea of did he actually kill anyone or is it all in his head? Um, right. There, there was a god awful movie called American Psycho 2. Mila um, Kunis. Mila Kunis is in it. And it opens with Mila Kunis killing Patrick Bateman. Um, and she then goes on, I think, to become like another serial killer. Uh, have you never heard of this? No, yes. I, honestly, but, never. It slipped me by. Yeah. So in the first scene of the film, it uh, confirms that, oh no, American Psycho happened and, that, and he was a serial killer because she kills him, I think, whilst he's trying to kill her or something like that. And it, rem- and it was kind of what Jamie said. It's where you take an original entry in a series and you effectively just do away with any of the mystique around that. And you say, no, no, that all did all happen. All that stuff was real. Which is, a, a, yeah, I, I'm not sure how they're going to deal with that in this. Maybe it's... Uh, do you know what? It's, again, like we're do- I know we've done this like five times already, but there's another game that we're coming up to in a bit that also has to deal <laughs> with a bit of that. Which is like, right. to what, how do you interpret the events that have happened in the past in terms of how they influence... Um, or how they lend themselves to an interpretation of what's happening in the present. Um, 
One game that's probably not going to deal with any of that, although knowing David Cage and his slightly heady ambitions, uh, there's no guarantee, was the uh, recently uh, leaked and now official Star Wars game coming from Quantic Dream, and it's called Star Wars Eclipse. Yeah. And we got a pretty moody, almost Dune-esque trailer for this game as it showed off a Star Wars game set in the High Republic era, from what I gather, Chris. <laughs> yes, Jamie. It's, uh, I think you gather correctly. Yeah, I, and, and I think you're absolutely spot on with the kind of like Dune reference. When it when it started, you you kind of like, what is this? Is this Dune? And then obviously you see mm. the Lucas Lucas uh, Lucasfilm Games logo, and you're like, ah, okay, it's Star Wars. Um, yeah, very 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 moody, very good looking kind of trailer. Uh, yeah. I didn't really like all the fucking drum shit. I thought that was a little bit wank. But then when too tribal, yeah, a little bit too tribal for me. You know, I'm, I'm not about I'm not about them tribes. Okay. Um, no, but exactly. when it turned out to be some kind of like a, I don't know, summoning ritual or whatever for what would presumably be the Sith side of the story, then I was like, oh, okay, could be some some interesting takes here. I was just glad to see the, the fucking really racist depiction of uh, an Asian Trade Federation uh, aliens. I thought that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, David Cage, if anyone can handle that stuff tactfully, it's, it's the main man DC. Uh, what's funny is I just read something in your little doc here and you've just reminded me something that we didn't talk about that we, maybe we should have talked about that we could have mentioned. But Please, no, go for it. I don't know if we should. No, I think I'll say... Oh, yeah, you got to. You got to. Yeah, you got to. Well, it. Well, it was the elephant in the room, not just at the moment of the Star Wars Eclipse uh, reveal, but also as people sort of just started to break down the show afterwards, which was that... Again, there was lots of um, heat um, uh, uh, surrounding Jeff Keighley and the Game Awards in the run-up to the show, because obviously the games industry, depending on how you look at it, is uh, kind of on fire at the moment. <laughs> uh, the Activision Blizzard situation is ongoing and is a uh, complete shit show by most accounts, and there were also lots of other things going on uh, in the run-up to the Game Awards. We mentioned the uh, Raven Software layoffs, for example. They were one of the things being actively protested when the Game Awards started. In fact, there were people protesting Outside the Game Awards, uh, not many of them, but there were some there. Uh, Jeff Keighley did take to the stage and did try and address it by essentially um, saying that uh, that both him and the Game Awards didn't uh, sort of like stand for or agree with any form of sort of workplace harassment or sexual abuse in the workplace or any of that stuff. And um, and I'll break this up into two parts because I think I know, I've just remembered what Jonesy's getting at. Um, but in the moment, he basically said, hey, look, we don't stand for any of this stuff. If you're experiencing it or you want to talk about it, here's a hotline you can call that's kind of like a, you know, a, you know, a, a guidance and help and sort of like, you know, call someone or send a yeah. text message and have a chat and feel better about it because that's the way mental health works kind of phone number. And then like 10 minutes later, announced the brand new game from Quantic Dream, who are still um, have an active, like ongoing situation with um, their workforce with uh, some pretty atrocious allegations they were the ones who were like had uh nicknames for women based on their um their appearance and their features and would do like photoshops like in of uh of employees in doing weird shit and all kinds of just bad stuff like that yeah um, i think it's still an investigation going on right yes it's still it's still ongoing and david cage who is confirmed to be a big part of this game even if his name wasn't said during the show is an active part of the allegations made against uh, both him and that company. Yeah. 
Jonesy, do you want to talk about the thing that, like, the other thing, though? <laughs> I would, just... I'll mention it briefly. You, did you say it to Chris? Because it might be... I, I completely forgot about it up until... Um... I did as well. Okay, but, you know, sometimes the universe throws up some weird goddamn coincidences. Yeah. And it just so happened that... Our, so when we recorded the podcast last week... Um, uh, we we did it bef- just before the show went live, and Jamie and I actually happened. We were still online, and we sort of caught the beginning of the show as the pre-show was going on. And we were sort of talking about some stuff, um, and we randomly got talking about some old school gaming kind of kind of kind of stuff. And we ended up talking about a a little cared about uh, YouTube series anymore, um, made by um, <laughs> everyone's favorite game critic, Anita Sarkeesian. And we were talking about, because she made some, a lot of like, tropes in video games. We were talking about the series tropes in video games. And we're like, just, you know, you know, when you think, oh, I wonder how that YouTube channel is doing. So Jamie and I happened to pop over to the YouTube channel, Feminist Frequency, which is her channel. Yeah. Um, and they're like, you know, they get a couple of thousand views. every. Uh, they do a podcast. I think it's like a weekly podcast. Oh, like we do. And they get a couple of thousand views. So um, doing better week. than us. Great. Fine. Yeah. Thanks. Interestingly, they have a number of videos which are which are like fundraiser videos. Which Jamie and I, I was like, "What's that?" And Jamie said to me, "Oh, if you have a thing which is tied to like a fundraising thing on YouTube, yeah. it gives you a tag like a sub, like a sponsored or something like that, or an ad or whatever." Looked into who the fundraiser was for, and it was for a hotline for people if they face harassment in video games. The person who owns the harassment website is Feminist Frequency. So Anita Sarkeesian is the owner of the website with the hotline. Ten minutes later, Jamie and I <laughs> log into the Game Awards and he pushes the very same hotline owned by the one and only Anita Sarkeesian, um, which was bizarre. And I'm it not, broke. you know, this is not, I'm not making any comments about any of that sort of stuff, <laughs> but it was really weird that Jamie and I hadn't probably thought about any of that stuff, Gamergate, and yeah. Sarkeesian, any of that, for years. And then we happened to look it up and go, oh, who owns that company? And we spent about five minutes, Jamie, right? Like looking up who owned it. Well, and yeah. going like, oh, well, because, because initially, again, again, not to throw any shade or start any kind of debate, because that stuff is all dead in the water as it should be now at this point. But we thought it was very strange that, all her best performing videos had retroactively been changed into fundraisers to promote and raise money for a charity that she owns and runs, and that when you look into the personnel involved in that charity, there's her as the again the the founder and the like the the head of the company, yeah. and one person who essentially does the the community, one person who, to put it bluntly, replies to the texts and answers the calls. Right, so it's yeah. like. This two-man charity that you founded and like you're now using your biggest—I don't know—we were looking into that and like whether or not that was strange. But like Josie said, I haven't thought about Anita Sarkeesian for about three years, and <laughs> we found out about this thing, got kind of fascinated by it, and ten years, ten minutes later, Jeff Keighley was on stage uh, telling people to give them a call. Yeah. David Cage just photoshopped their head onto a someone fucking big. <laughs> It was so. It was so weird. It was one of those where, like, I mean, it was the weirdest of coincidences. And then to have, yeah, to have um, it pushed on the Game Awards was. Uh, I I just thought it was super interesting that yeah, it was it was her charity that got pushed. Yeah. Like, not interesting, like coincidental, which is funny. Um, in a in a weird yeah. kind of it way, was. and so, that's all we've got to say about that. So, fellas, what you're saying is you're really excited about Star Wars Eclipse. Yeah, sorry, big Chris, time. Yes. To- Something that some people are going to be excited for, especially people who like the the Korean uh, slant on video games, is Lost Ark, a free-to-play oh. MMO ARPG. 
based on the uh, hit Korean game, coming out in February, published by Amazon Games. Are you going to play it? Probably not. Should we have heard of it? Probably. I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. It, it, uh, the problem is it's the MMO aspect of the ARPG. Like, I'm all for ARPGs, but the MMO yeah. aspect always just kind of fucking muddies the waters, isn't it? I'm going like, to wait for Diablo Immortal. Yeah, sure. There's some Diablo news coming out tomorrow at the time of recording, sure. but I don't know what Interesting. it's probably going to be about Immortal rather than Diablo 4, but yeah, who knows? Diablo, Diablo could, 4 is now coming out in 2024. I mean, at this rate, it's going to be some kind of fucking Diablo NFT, so fuck it. Who, cares? Actually, who gives right. a shit? Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> um, like Diablo 4, another game that probably isn't going to come out for fucking years, um, is Wonder Woman. <laughs> But it is perhaps still worth talking about because Wonder Woman will mark the return of Monolith Productions, who are the team behind the popular Middle-Earth series. And whilst the cinematic trailer they showed at the show didn't give anything away, they've confirmed since in interviews that it is going to be a single-player open-world experience that will play to their strengths. And, very interestingly, for people who have anticipated its return, the infamous Nemesis system that no one else has been able to copy (laughs) will be back. Um, yeah. Whether or not that suits Wonder Woman as a character, I'm as yet undecided. But I guess it's coming back, right? I think, it's, just... I think it's cool, man. Yeah. If but they, like, who does Wonder Woman? Who are, who are the chess pieces on Wonder Woman's nemesis board? Oh, they've got to be um, like Marvel bad guys, right? Well, DC so, bad guys, sure. Sorry, yeah. DC, DC, not Marvel. But like uh, each one, like a proper named character. I see. I, this for me is a weird one. Like, I don't think they can have because obviously the Nemesis system from the uh, the Mordor games had literally any grunt that you bumped into in the world. If they did you in, they would become like a named character, and they all had the mm, individual name. That's the thing. I don't see how that works with DC in the same way because you'd have to have some random person who who takes out Wonder Woman or whatever, then goes, "Oh, I got her now. I'm gonna be a big dog." Like, no one's gonna care, but. <laughs> I could see it maybe being more of a thing with like individual DC, like known enemies. If they yeah. manage to take yeah. her out, they become like a hotter, a bigger player in the um, in the you know villainy. So they can right. they sort of, and then they move up the ranks maybe, and then they get like a super version of themselves. That maybe. I think would make more sense to me. The but Monolith's combat system, I that's that's much more exciting to me than the um, than the right, Nemesis yeah. system. The Nemesis oh, system okay. was something that they had to bang on about, but. Those games were they they were let down by maybe the open world um, was kind of bland and boring and and didn't really have anything going on the, the and some of the what you were doing in the games wasn't amazing the combat was so much fun though man like yeah. if you give me Wonder Woman fighting people Although, like that like again like, it it does seem slightly ironic though that the Middle Earth series was notable in terms of its combat for being one of the best Arkham like combat systems outside of <laughs> Arkham. And now it's being used on another DC property. Yeah, I, but, uh, I don't know if I'd say it was. I don't know if I'd say it was. It was too similar to Arkham that it would make if you played it, you would be like, "Oh, this is really similar." Like I think. Nah, it but it scratched that Arkham itch, though. It, bro, it, it, it was fundamentally identical to Arkham to the it point wasn't. where the controls were the same. Yes, you had you had a light attack on X or square. You would counter when or with Y or triangle when something appeared above someone else's head. You can press X or A to jump over that person. Like the even the controls were identical. <laughs> but I think if you get to the where you got to the point, like the maybe sort of a little bit further into the game, the way that the Arkham combat system was was less about punching and kicking and flipping over people's heads and using it was more about like using the gadgets and things. The the Mordor games went much more down the route of like 
like really path, close okay, up if you melee want to the combat. The paths diverge. The paths slightly, diverge. Yeah, as the skill trees filled out. Because you remember, like the things you could do in the Mordor games, which was the best shit you could do in that game, was when you would take on one enemy and then you could chain your attacks and literally go from enemy to enemy to enemy, like uh, three hundred style, as you were smashing enemies this way and that and moving through a group of them. Whereas the Arkham combat with the path that went down was much more of like crowd control. Like you were in a given area and you were fighting people, you know, in a, in a yeah. cluster. So I, I t- you're completely right. I, I was misremembering the button stuff, but you're completely right about the fact that it starts out really similar, but I think the, di- the way it diverges mm. fair enough, screams Wonder Woman to me. Like I can imagine using that whip and the shield to like smash your way through opponents and enemies. Like that sounds wicked. Yeah, I think it's cool, man. There's a nice little surprise. Yes. Yeah. Pretty what else was uh, a nice little surprise, if perhaps a slightly more expected one? Hmm. It's the uh, the grand reveal of Mr. Alan Wake. Oh. As Alan Wake 2 was officially announced, scheduled for 2023, Sam Lake was there in person on hand to, to show off the trailer and also announce that they will also mark Alan's foray and in turn Remedy's first foray into the survival horror genre, which I know, hmm. Chris, you and I both love Control. I just hope... Because control was tense, even at the best times. I just don't want this game to be too scary, basically. Yeah, but I, but I also want like when they. I was a bit. I'll be honest. I was a bit disappointed when they said survival horror because. Right. I yeah, mean, I wouldn't. It's control. I wouldn't call a survival horror game. No, no, they, no, no. They, but they, that's, they, they're saying Alan Wake Two will be their first survival horror game, so they don't consider the previous ones yeah. a horror game. So I'm I'm with like Chris's first reaction. I was like, oh no. Like control was wicked. Alan Wake's great. Like, why would you mess with that formula? Yeah, look, I mean, you you got to give them props for what they do because they're really good at what they do, and they do kind of nail it. Um, I, 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 it's just something that with survival horror for me just kind of like really falls flat. Like your outlasts, etc. It's just kind of like I, it's smoke and mirrors, and you kind of see through it. Can they do something really cool with it if they evolve the idea of what a survival horror is? Yeah. And I mean, if anyone could do it, probably Remedy, right? Um, I It could be really cool. I'm just really glad that Alan Wake is another thing. And I obviously, we know that they're in the same connected world as Control. So hopefully we get some more yep. Control kind of lore coming out there. Um, yes, I agree. And, and Alan Wake looked like Jake Gyllenhaal to me. So... <laughs> He did. Oh, I'd love an Alan Wake film with Jake Gyllenhaal. I'd come. Um, I, I, I'm, I don't know, like that. I'm worried now because I, I would have liked it to have gone more the control side of the survival horror kind of thing. But that's you what, two are both nuts. No, no, but hold on, hold on. I, 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 this is where I fundamentally disagree with Jonesy because that's what control is for. Control is the control game. Alan Wake is the Alan Wake game. Yeah, because oh, right. okay. I was I was getting ready to say that this was my favorite announcement of the show as oh. someone who guess what played Alan Wake when Alan Wake came out, <laughs> motherfuckers! All these second post control remedy nerds trying to ju- juke my jam. You juke your jizz. To, to, to be fair to you, I mean Alan Wake going like survival horror is that seems like a shorter distance than Alan Wake going control. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah. Which, but I, just, I suppose because I'm, I'm a, I'm a wuss, so and I don't like scary games, yeah. and I don't like that tense. I don't like the tense feeling that you get <laughs> when you are having to like go. Oh, oh no, I haven't got enough ammo. Oh no, what am I gonna do? Who's behind the door? Like I don't, oh, I don't like that. I uh, like the control. You, you, not ammo, buddy. Batteries. You don't have enough batteries for it. Batteries, batteries. Yes. But no, I, I like the, <laughs> the control that made you feel tough as 
nails by the end. Like you felt like you could take on anyone. I like that. <laughs> I like that feeling. Yeah. Mm. But, you know. Joel's as tough as nails? No. I, this is actually a guess. I don't know, but potentially Idris Elba's knuckles. Oh, there we go. We got to hear utter his first line of dialogue in the latest trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog 2, which, as we mentioned, was uh, shown off by Ben Schwartz in person and Jim Carrey over video. <laughs> Bizarre video where he ends up strangling the viewer, um, but <laughs> Jim just being Jim, I guess. Jonesy, you're on the record as being a, a whole family of Sonic the Hedgehog fans. I mean, this is, is, this, first, t- is this ticking boxes? This is the first trailer that I watched uh, after, in the morning, I think, when I woke up. I'd seen a tweet about it, and I was like, oh, shit, let me watch the Sonic 2 trailer. Um, <laughs> oh, um, what a sad state of affairs. Yeah, I know. We were, Out of all of the announcements, let me watch the Sonic 2 trailer. No, because I woke up, I was like, I woke up, I was groggy, and I was on Twitter, and it was like, uh, I, I can't, I don't know who the tweeted, but it was like, oh, Sonic 2 trailer. I was like, oh, yeah, Sonic 2. So I watched that, and I thought it looked, I thought it looked really cool. Um, it's, I think it's always tricky with a sequel to like a, because you don't have the origin stuff to deal with. You've then got to like, you know, bring a different element to it. Um, but yeah, no, it looked, it looked, it looked cool. And they've set up the idea of like Knuckles and Sonic are going head to head. Like Knuckles is mm. uh, Doctor Robotnik's um, uh, henchman. Like, yeah, as powerful as Sonic, and they sort of come to head to head, and then they're going to fight and stuff, which is because always dangerous in films. But it looks like a lot of fun. The first one was cool. Yeah. So, yeah. you know what pissed me off about it? When Tails was there and they were like, oh, what's your name? And Tails was like, it's Tails. Is that wrong? You, you fucked it. What is Tails' yeah. name? Miles Tails Prower. Miles uh, Prower, yeah. Because it's like miles per miles hour. Miles per hour. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if we've talked about this on the, on the, no, we must have done on the podcast, but I do love in the Sonic movie, the first one, how many times they say how crap the mushroom world is. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. I do. It'll be, it'll be slightly awkward if the Super Mario film comes out later this year and it's just infinitely better than Sonic. But well, I hope they, I hope they, I hope they slag off hedgehogs. Maybe <laughs> I hope they drop something in like shitty little hedgehogs. Or this just truck just runs over one. Just, yeah. just Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt just like there riffing like, oh, I hate Ed. I can't do a Chris Pratt. Voice. <laughs> Never mind. Um, well, after that, we because that, let's be honest, boys, the the show started hot and heavy. Pretty much all of those things came back to back. Uh, we then had a patch of things that we were a little bit more familiar with. We got another look at Horizon Forbidden West, Final Fantasy VII remakes coming to the Epic Game Store exclusively yeah, cool. for PC fans. Yep, Destiny 2's Witch Queen expansion still on track, and uh, the audience were trolled for not the last time in the evening as Silent Hill director, that's the original Silent Hill director, <laughs> Hichiro Toyama, uh, revealed a trailer for his new game, Split Ahead, and did so with like a title card that said it was like black with white text, and it was like, when Kichiro Toyama envisioned the original Silent Hill game, and you could just hear the audience and the collective <laughs> internet going, oh my god, it's happening. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not. He's making some weird game where people's heads split open and they eat stuff. It's weird. Um, it's weird. Very man. odd. Very weird. Uh, also kind of weird, Aaron Flynn, uh, perhaps most famous online for being the guy who mentioned the feels after a dramatic uh, <laughs> violin performance in honor of Dragon Age, he's the former Bioware guy. His new studio debuted Nightingale, which is a survival crafting game set across a shared world. Like a lot of games that debuted that night, like cool, but like okay, let's wait and see more, right? Like, yeah, well, th- this so is the thing, right? Like when when Jeff Keighley was leading up to, he's like, oh, we've got what do you say, like four or five Elden Ring level reveals, yes, and it's like. 
that's cool, bro. But you've just promised like fucking 50 reveals. So <laughs> right, what, is that, yeah. what does that mean for 45 of them? That they're all shit? Like, <laughs> It means they're going to be like split ahead. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> or like the Lord of the Rings Golem, which yeah. I, 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 other than being a single player game where you play as Golem and stealth around, I don't really know what that is. Um, I, don't, I, don't even, thing, I don't even think the devs know what it is. They'll figure it out. The, the day one patch, you know, you fix it in post. <laughs> I love that they said for that um, uh, the story that happened, like, or the, this like the story you didn't know kind of happened in the middle of the films and the books and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know any of it anyway, so it doesn't <laughs> does bother me. Exactly, yeah. I feel so out of tune, out of whack with Lord of the Rings lately. I need that Amazon series to get me back on board, and yeah. then maybe, uh, maybe I'll play the Lord of the Rings Gollum. But in the meantime, I will keep an eye on Somerville, which people might remember as the. Uh, the game that looks like it was probably made by Playdead, but wasn't made by Playdead because it was made by people who left Playdead after Playdead <laughs> released inside. Um, still looks cool. Yeah. Uh, but need to keep an eye on that one. Fellas, um, can I can I just mention that, like, we're going to have to start rattling through this. We're going to be here all night. I, I am rattling through it. I, I know you are. I'm just I've just reinforcing started. it. I've just got up to speed. We've just gone from 0 to 60. And if anything represents 60 miles an hour in video game form, it's got to be Cuphead's long way to DLC. The Delicious Last Course, oh. which, I mean, that feels like it should have come out years ago. Like, when were we playing yeah. Cuphead at your desk, Chris? Oh, God. When well, we, we, had, we had jobs, so. <laughs> this is a weird, this is a weird announcement, like DLC for Cuphead. I'm like, okay. I was expect, I'd expect maybe Cuphead 2, not Cuphead well, DLC. Yeah, I, it, it makes sense. Like, the thing is, like, sometimes you have to see. Does it? Just, yeah, because you have to say to yourself, what, why do you need to, why do you need a sequel if all you're doing is more of the same. You don't always need to call it a sequel. It can just be a fucking DLC and cost less because guess what? There's less to fucking go into it. And if what people I, want is just more Cuphead, then that's this. I feel, I feel like the problem though is you don't pull in any new players with DLC. I feel like you, you maybe do with a sequel, but with a, with a that's new fair. game. I that's think. fair, yeah. 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 Um, but but, but we'll, I guess it you know it takes a long time to make games, so maybe they didn't have the time to make a full game. So it takes it especially long to make Cuphead, if that uh, original <laughs> yeah, game yeah. Was, uh, yeah. uh, was anything to go by. One thing that apparently doesn't take that long because we might be playing it later next year is um, the first look at an open world inspired Sonic game called Sonic Frontiers, which basically cut from a cinematic of Sonic running through the woods that we'd kind of already seen to. Strange in-engine shots of a kind of Breath of the Wild-style environment. They even had the shot. Yeah, and then it cut back to a cinematic Sonic, and it was like, yeah, Sonic's going open world. We can't show you it yet, but believe us. I love that you said that. Well, it was just, it was the most obvious thing they've ever done. It literally cuts from cinematic to, like, characterless, NPC-less environments in-engine, and then back to cinematic. Uh, sorry, I know I laughed because I was I was watching a roundup of um, the show from Skill Up like earlier in the week, and uh, he actually referenced about the Sonic thing was um, everyone's going to say it looks like Breath of the Wild because it's got grass, and so Nintendo are just going <laughs> to copyright grass because anytime any get any open world has grass in it, someone says it looks like Breath of the Wild. I mean, and Breath of the Wild it. was an open world with a lot of grass. I'm not going <laughs> to. No, it's, and then you did it, and that's why it was funny. Yeah, well. Um, it, the the thing is, like, it sounds like it could be cool if, okay, this is going to sound really bad. If Sega wasn't developing this, it could be really cool. Okay, oh, I see what you brutal. mean. Brutal, yeah, I get you. No, do you know what I mean? Like, the idea of, yeah, like, yeah. an open world that is, like, an open world essential 
essentially roller coaster, which is what it needs to be in order for Sonic to be cool. Like you need fucking rails and loop de loops and fucking things everywhere. But I just don't. So think I don't think it's going to be that, fellas. You're saying Sonic Frontiers Tycoon? Is that what you're trying to get? <laughs> yeah, at? yeah. No, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. if you're Sonic in that open world, you want to look out into the open world and not have that sense. You're not going to want that idea of when you were playing Breath of the Wild, for instance, be like, oh, I can go there because I can climb anywhere. You want to see a fucking massive mountain with like divots up the side and be like, I wonder how fast I can go up that mountain and then it can like shoot me through the air to another fucking thing. Like it just doesn't, I don't what know. What have you, have you, uh, the so- in, talking about Sonic movie that we were just talking about, Sonic Sonic 2, um, in the opening five minutes of the of Sonic, the Sonic movie, like the world that they've created here is basically identical. Right. So it's just, it's a big world with like tracks cut into mountains and it's just Sonic zipping around everywhere insanely oh. fast. Sounds like, like Sonic. <laughs> but that, that's, and they've just, it looks like they've just recreated this for this open world game. Yeah. Well, I, just, I just, I just, I worry about <laughs> how well this is going to turn we, out. Well, yeah. We do worry, but one of the things that we can never deny is that Sonic fans will never be anything if not excited for Sonic related <laughs> content. So they'll be happy. And Larry's got a fur, happy. right? Furry's got a furry's got a yiff. Is that what they? That's what they yeah. do, right? Oh they yiff. yeah, yiff, yiffing. yiffing. Do you know what? One thing that could get me yiffing if I don't know if sharks have vaginas, but I would fuck King Shark because that Suicide Squad <laughs> Kill the Justice League gameplay reveal um, was one of my favorite things they showed all night. Like it wasn't outright like uncut gameplay. It was still very stylized, and there was lots of in-engine cutscene stuff and talking, but it looked cool. It did look um, cool. Almost yeah. looked like. Uh, uh, a, a four-player Sunset Overdrive. Your sunset Overdrive is exactly what it looked like, yeah. Yeah, which, I, no, that's not a bad thing. I saw, I watched it again, like, a couple of days ago, and the, it looks amazing. Like, the, the, the set, the scenery and the level design stuff all looks great. But the, I, I must have, I was watching it thinking, I'm, there's a question for me about how, like, the gameplay side of it will feel and work. Cause it, but it looks great. Like, it looks absolutely phenomenal. Like, if they manage to pull Agreed. it off. I think it'll be well. Fantastic. Actually, it's funny you mention that because I have similar reservations when it comes to Forspoken because that is a game that I was telling you guys earlier looks like a tech demo every single time I see it. <laughs> yeah. Like pretty, like all style and no substance. I don't know what that game is going to be, and it's out in six months. They've given it a release date. I'm, I'm baffled. I'm honestly baffled. <laughs> it is a weird one, right? And it seems yeah. like she can do anything. It's like where the tech demo when they go, and now you can do magic, and now you can fly, and now you can skate yeah. in the air, and you're like... Also, like again, I, I, it sounds like weird. we're like dogpiling on Forspoken. One of the ways that Forspoken was described in development was like, oh yeah, did you know we got Gary Witter and Amy Hennig to do the writing on this? But other than it being about some chick who was like, one second in, she's in New York, and the next second she's in Final Fantasy Land, or something. <laughs> there are dragons. I don't know what the fuck it's about. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't know. Weird one, weird one. Um... One thing that that is just as weird, depending on your uh, appetite for painting small statuettes, but apparently gets people very excited, is Warhammer, because Warhammer 40k Space Marine is back after 10 years with Space Marine 2. Um, from what I gather on the interweb, interwebs, guys, people like this. People are excited, uh, especially Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill's loving big, it. I feel like Henry Cavill's in that stage of his career, though, where he just pretends to like every slightly nerd-affiliated property because he knows it wins some internet points. No, no he, he likes Warhammer, man. He, yeah. He's into it. I don't know. Like, one second, he, I, I love The Witcher. I love Mass Effect. Did you see me build my own PC? It's like, oh, you're trying too hard, Henry. Come on, be a celebrity <laughs> for once in your life. I, I don't know, man. Like, I think it's the other way around. It's like, 
He's got a lot of money. He's fucking one of the most beautiful looking men on the planet. And he's just like, yeah, fuck it. I'm fucking geeking out. I'm nerding out because who's going to stop me? True. And in fact, now that we're talking about it out loud, loud, the idea of celebrities enjoying or liking video games makes me want to commit suicide before the day comes where Jimmy Fallon inevitably rounds out a bunch of celebrities and gets them all to play Among Us VR for one of his stupid <laughs> YouTube videos. Oh, it's going to happen, yeah. It will definitely happen. For, okay, War, Warhammer, quickly. I've never played Space Marine. Okay. But You'd like it. It looks wicked. You'd like it. <laughs> I've watched that trailer. I'm like, this game looks like uh, Gears of War, but with Space yeah. Marine stuff. It's, it's Gears of War, except what if instead of having one animation for chopping people up with a chainsaw, <laughs> it was basically a chainsaw and a sword that had combos. It just, yeah, it looked great. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'll have to get into this. I think you will, Jonesy. Yeah, I think you will get yeah. into it. We'll see. And that guy that used to work on, um, like, uh, Tim Willits, the former Bethesda guy, who was like a quake and doomy and ragey guy, he's yeah. um, working on this. So there's some pedigree there. Um, um do you know what else says pedigree? Yeah. And I actually mentioned this earlier on because I wanted to put Jonesy to the test. <laughs> is the in the new game from former Telltale developers, uh, which is Star Trek Resurgence. Ooh. Which, wait for it, Jonesy, your favorite buzzwords, an interactive narrative video game set after the next generation. Um, so it's the next next generation. It's the next next generation. I, I, I kind of thought this would kind of push your buttons a little bit more because, look, I get it. The Expanse, you've never heard, you've never watched it, like Telltale, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> make your jokes, 49% gameplay. But Star Trek, the next, next generation, question mark? Uh, yeah, I'd have to play this if it came out. There we go. See, he's a, any man that has put actual time and money into Star Trek Online automatically has his hands tied when yeah. an actual Star Trek video game comes out. But it's because it's so frustrating when you try and play Star Trek games and you're like, all you want is to play a cool Star Trek game because they used to make loads of cool Star Trek games and then all the only one you can ever play is Star Trek Online and it sucks. And you're like, I don't want to play Star Trek but Online. You- I want a quick-ass, cool new Star Trek video game. Yeah, it's but, so annoying. And instead, Jonesy, what you get is an interactive narrative experience. John, I'm, I'll do it. I'll play. I'll do it. I'll, I'll play. Like I'll play the game because I want to. I want to stream it, Jersey. Please stream you, it. You're not, and also, you're not allowed to do those hand gestures until you know the percentages. Okay, like, we need to get the stopwatch out first. Yeah. Okay. We need to. We need to. This could out. be fifty-one percent gameplay. Could, could we? Could we do like one of these? Like never been done on Twitch before. You stream it, but we've also we work out a little extension that's a game percentage counter. <laughs> Right, and depending on how much interactivity you have with the game, it gives a score. I like it. Yeah, how much is it a game? It's just called that. The series is called. Is it a game? Uh oh. Can it? Can it? Can it game? Can it game? Ninja Theory are shaking their boots right now. Hellblade Two is about to be taken down to Chinatown. (laughs) Get the head beating. Is it Um, a game? Do you know what else is apparently more of a game than I thought it was going to be? Crossfire X, because. no, Whoa, that's not. That, no, that's okay. not my <laughs> For anyone wondering, we cross our arms sometimes when we have to like disconnect from the call for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, when this kind of went AWOL after it was announced that Remedy of all people were working on a campaign for the very popular FPS game, yeah, um, it disappeared for years. Kind of thought it didn't exist. Not only is it back, but we're going to be getting two single-player campaign operations as well as the multiplayer in fucking February, boys. But but what? Um, but what? The, what 
What does two single-player campaign operations mean? It means uh, these things are an hour and a half long. We don't know what to call them. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's a vignette or whatever they they called it in um in Battlefield. Cod Battlefield Battlefield. But yeah, yeah but it's like it's gonna be a little vignette. It's taken fucking forever. So yeah, probably because they make so much money already from it that they like we don't really yeah, care they about do. this. They, they, they also make like shed load of money. It's ridiculous. Rem- Remedy said, oh, "We've got nothing to do. We'll make that campaign for you, Microsoft." And then two weeks later. Epic came along with a check for $300 billion. I was like, what if you made sequels to Alan Wake and Control? And they were like, we, we could we could do that. So they made, um, a vi- made a video saying we need to hire some new yeah. people. But yeah, it, that it, one. It, it looks cool though, yeah. man. Like fucking, it looked cool when they first announced that they were doing it. It looks fucking cool now. Like, I, I don't know. It seems like, it seems like COD by way of some Metal Gear Solid-ish stuff. Yeah, I know what you mean, actually. Yeah, yeah, there is some like weird Metal Gear kind of stuff going on there. And it does look good, does look polished. One thing that I thought, uh, looking later on at the show, that looked good, but mm. for some reason also looked a little bit wonky at times, Paramount Plus's upcoming TV show, Halo, based on the series Halo. Mm. We got the first trailer for it. it I, was, <laughs> I don't know if you guys watched it. It didn't look cheap. Or anything. There were just a few times where it would cut to certain shots, and like something about the set or the dressing, mm. especially compared to something like I don't know, like the Mandalorian. Maybe that's unfair. Something mm. about it didn't have quite the same gloss and the same impact and the same I, feel. I wonder if it's just kind of like VFX passes that still need to go through those shots. I don't know, but I I, Maybe. I, I do know what you mean. But the, I didn't see it, unfortunately. So I don't know. All right. The the thing that I always find out about like funny about these kinds of things, like people are like really amped, like oh. I wonder what Master Chief is going to look like. And then he comes out, he's like, yeah. True. He, he looks like Master Chief. Like, what were you fucking expecting? Like, he, yeah. he, he's a massive dude in green armor with a golden visor. Like, totally. Yeah, that, what, 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 like, what were you expecting? Literally never takes his helmet off or shows his face. Like, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, you've actually made a very good point there because I was kind of like, oh, shit, it's Master Chief. And now you've put me on the spot. I don't know why. Um, Do you know what's weird about that series? Like uh, the game, like I'm still trying to get into. I can imagine the series would be quite cool because it's like sci-fi and it's set on the Halo rings and stuff, and you could have some cool. But are they going to have the Muppets in it? Because I don't want the Muppets in it. <laughs> yeah, they're going to have. They got to. They got to have some Muppets, right? Oh, yeah, I don't like, want Muppets. That's, okay. What, what else Fair is enough. Master Chief going to elbow in the head? <laughs> Just yeah, Muppets. Um, it has to be Muppets. Yeah. That was our um, first look at the Halo TV series. One thing I will say that this uh, this or this barrage of Game Awards trailers reminded me was that sometimes it's a little bit strange returning to a game that you feel like you've seen loads of, if not too much of, recently. And like Chris, don't take this the wrong way, mm. but that was a little bit the case with Elden Ring, where I kind of had to reset myself from going to. I've watched about five hours of gameplay of this game in the last month. And now I have to just watch a like a story trailer, basically. Yeah, three minute story trailer. Well, it's probably making up for the like large amount of time from announcement and then nothing to then the gameplay trailer and then blah 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 and kind of everything was ramped up. Um, I know what you mean. There is a bit of a bit of an overkill, but I guess that's just the marketing machine for maybe one of the biggest games of next year that is coming out yep. early next year. So we're just in the midst of it. Um. I was happy to see the the story trailer. It seemed pretty. It was pretty fucking sick. Fellas. Yeah, and they brought they brought the pot out. They brought the pot out it, like IRL. And do you know what was great? Um, uh, fucking 
You should always be afraid when they keep banging on about one character or one thing. The the pot is going to feature too much. <laughs> They're ru- there's something going on with the pot. Be afraid of the pot. Mm. Right. Well, the, you the- sound like an anti-drugs activist. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, th- there was a really cool thing on Twitter with uh, Tim Schafer was obviously there because of you know Psychonauts nominations. Uh, yeah. Hashtag justice for Psychonauts too. Um, and he had a behind the scenes kind of video that he took from his seat where at some point they had to take Alexander the pot and like move him. Oh. <laughs> and it just looked like he, like he would drank too much and security <laughs> had to like wheel him out. It, it just looked so fucking weird. I don't know, like go find uh, Tim Schafer's like um, Twitter and look for that video. It's so funny. Um, but yeah, lo- lots of cool kind of like law stuff going on there. Um, hmm. It's just kind of like hype upon hype upon hype, man. Yeah. Another game that uh, is building up a fair amount of hype out of the gates. And I'll be honest, when it first popped up this late in the show, I was a bit like, oh, really? <laughs> like, this is getting kind of like end of show treatment. But it kind of justified it. And that is Ark Raiders, which is the new game from Embark Studios, which the team formed by the former head honcho at Dice and EA, Patrick Soderland. He was the guy who used to come out on stage before the weird, like, guy who looks like a robot with a very chiseled jaw. Um, <laughs> it's a free-to-play co-op shooter, uh, third-person one at that, a very cool, very gameplay-heavy trailer that also made great use of a fantastic song by Robin. Yeah. Uh, Dancing on my own. Um, I didn't expect to hear it, and it fit beautifully. <laughs> one of those trailers that... Oh, I know I kind of said this with Forspoken, but I was like, man, you've clearly settled on using an engine that can, you know use telegrammetry or whatever it is to make really detailed and yeah. good-looking environments, and then you filled it with, like, a bunch of people fighting one robot. <laughs> I hope there's a good video game in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. But that that, is a, that's the thing that's going to happen, I think, more and more going forward, because as games look better and better, I think the problem you're going to have, and this is what we were saying about before the podcast with Unreal Engine 5, the problem you're going to have is shit games will be able to look really good. And so it's going to be harder and harder to tell the good from the bad, and it's so going to true. be um, it's going to be playing the actual game and yeah. figuring out which ones are good or bad. Because this looked insane. Like yeah. this, I saw this, and it was easily the best, probably the best looking thing that I saw that night. I was like, that it looked like a a uh, a sci fi TV show. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I'm sure it's part because like the particle effects and the, the position of the camera and stuff. It just looked wicked, and I yeah, I was, I was kind of blown away by the um, visuals for this. Yeah, it, yeah. A few things I want to say on, on like what what Jonesy mentioned about shit games looking good. That means that game journalists are going to be even more important coming up, and they better not fuck it up. They better not like <laughs> no no honestly like yeah no, no you're right like, you know like we've reviews, seen we've seen it happen too often. Re- reviews are going to become more important years. than ever. You know these previews, yeah. reviews, etc. But on Arc Raiders itself. There was that one shot that was like really fucking sold me where they were like running a, running down the the fucking the ground, whatever it was between these like hills. And there were just these like missiles coming for them or like lasers or whatever, but like with these like smoke trails and shit. And it just looked like a fucking Spielberg film, like, like yeah. Spielberg, like fucking war of the worlds or some shit. And I was like, that's so fucking cool, man. Like it's such a, that's such a great aesthetic of like, running away from things and shit's just going all over the place and it's just complete chaos. Yes. I did I did wonder um as I was watching it is is it going to be the, to the detriment of the gameplay? Like if they've gone for this specific like look and and view and camera position and stuff like that because it looks good 
Because we've all played racing games and you put cinematic mode on and you're like, wow, this looks great. You can't race like that. You have to change it back well, to a normal yeah, mode. Yeah, well, no, I, I get what you mean. So I wonder if this might struggle with a bit of well, that. That was kind of one of the interesting points, not to move us along too quickly, but about the end of the show is that Arc Raiders did ask a couple of questions along those lines. But also when you look at the what's going on with Arc Raiders, you'll see that it is a game being developed uh, on the Unreal Engine. And it is also a game being developed for PC and next-gen consoles exclusively, no cross-gen stuff, which we're now starting to get into the period, of the phase of this cycle where that's more common. Um, but you ask questions about, like, okay, can you actually make a functional game or, like, what does it look like to have a game where shit's popping off and everything's exploding and there's particles everywhere and shit's fucking crazy? Can it still run in real time? Can it maintain 30 <laughs> frames a second? Um, what does that look like? Uh, and it turned out, in a roundabout way, those questions were partly answered yeah. by the final thing of the show, um, Game of the Year Award notwithstanding, which was when Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss, albeit in digital form, uh, came to the show to preview a clip from The Matrix Resurrections and also set up the uh, immediate uh, reveal, but also drop of The Matrix Awakens, which was Epic's new and uh, very impressive unreal engine 5 experience which yeah. like if you t so what i was going to say is like we've now all seen or played um to what extent you can play uh the matrix awakens um does that kind of answer some of the questions that you guys were almost had about arc raiders in terms of the plausibility of extremely cinematic very particle effect and like a like explosions and things flying everywhere and shit's popping off or like with incredibly lifelike and cinematic quality visuals. Dude. Because that's no. what that experience was about. Josie no. says no. Interesting. Wow. I, this, you will this have one, to elaborate on that. Uh, this was one of the most overrated things that I saw like wow. this week off the back of the, the Game Awards. Like, I don't, I don't get me wrong. I played it. I thought it looked really nice. Um, it was, it, did you start, it made me want. Did you play around with the controls and everything? Like after the, like when it just puts you in the world? Oh yeah. Yeah. Did you? Um, and I, it made me it made me think like oh how cool it would be if we got a brand new matrix game like that would be fantastic and in and you know an open world matrix game where you get to drive around that city and they even have like you can i think they could like drone mode where you could fly around i can already tell you completely missed the point <laughs> go on go on okay anyway but no the actual experience side of it human <laughs> where you got um, you actually got to play uh like you were in a section of the matrix and I was like really hyped for it. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. You know, you're going to get to actually take over and his agents attacking you. And then to just kind of have a pretty sort of um, little vignette thing where you could effectively just move a, move from like an aim of one car to another and just wrap the shoot button a few times until the car blew up. I was like, okay, it it looks great. Like, well done. But there's no gameplay here. This is me tapping one button to shoot a tire of a car. Like it's... That's not, that's, again, it was, it was never meant to be a game. Never no, even no, referred no. to as a game. I know it wasn't a game, but then people were coming out afterwards and they were saying, is this the future of like, of yep. how great video games are? Like, I have no idea because the only section of that game that you can play, like, and get an idea about, oh, is it, uh, what, where are video games going? How great are they going to look? Was the open world stuff, which, yeah, again, looked, the, the world looked fantastic, but I, it was, I, it wasn't anything that blew me away. I, I, I think you completely missed the point. First of all, because How? I think, well, first of all, because I think you let like, you talk about you wanted it to be the setup for like a bigger Matrix style thing where, like, the point that it is. No, no, like, it, it made around, me. 
it made me think how okay. cool. I was going to say that the point that it revolves game. around the Matrix and uses the Matrix as the foundations for like what it builds upon. Completely irrelevant, like redundant almost. It's it's marketing. Like all that really is is a demo for the Unreal Engine Five. Of course, and, like the extent to which there are gameplay hooks in that thing. Like the extent to which you're like like you're not, hey you're not driving that car and you're not freely aiming. It's all irrelevant because they weren't making a game. They were making an experience to say, hey, look at everything we can do in real time at this resolution, that at this frame pointless. rate with hardware-based ray tracing. It's not pointless because no pointless. other fucking video game has done it ever. That's why it's, every single person is like, holy shit, look at this. It's pointless when it is that curated a um, a section of a game because do you know what it doesn't do? And no, this because is, this video is, games are curated by definition. No, like, what it does what it doesn't do is what it doesn't do is it doesn't say to you, oh, now you try and like push a game like Cyberpunk through it because the problem Cyberpunk had you could have absolutely you could have um, given people not. you could have given people a slice of like uh, a game like that in an engine and got it's amazing it's perfect it works amazingly it's beautiful and everyone would have gone it's incredible and it's at 60 frames a second with ray tracing and the second someone tries to actually make a game it's trash like they they didn't they needed to have done more of like a that you 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 you're creating this bizarre invisible jump between <laughs> what that was to making it more of a game no, like, no, do, I don't, you th- I do, didn't sorry, want it more of like, a game. Do, do you, think the, frame, do you think the frame rate drops if the aiming goes from like a thing where auto aims at the tires to a game where you have to aim at the tires yourself? Do you think the frame rate drops? I think the I think the issue that I had with that was as a tech demo for an engine, I want to see the engine in use for stuff that you're going to see that in, is, the, that in is the game. That is the definition. And one thing they, and one thing they did use. was give you a completely on-rails section where you effectively get to watch a heavily curated piece of a game. In okay, but real hold, time, you fucking... It doesn't matter. Yeah, but hold on, Jonesy. The, the fact it that they, get, the fact that they give you these controls to start like fuck, fucking around with the... The makeup of the engine and that world, and you that, can see that the is real AI time. of an entire. That, a, you can see the AI which of is an great. entire city of NPCs in which real was time. great. You can change that the stuff time was cool. of day with hardware-based ray tracing on that the PS5 stuff. and the Xbox Series X in real time. And, and as I said, and that Jamie, stuff was it was the, the Series S as well. And as I said, that S. that stuff was really good. like the open world stuff was really cool and it looked fantastic. And uh, and playing around with the controls and that was wicked. And I haven't seen an open world that felt like. Because there was one point, it was funny, there's one point at which I started playing that and I was like, oh, the traffic doesn't move, it's just stuck. Because it was like far too long that it was just static. And then it actually started driving around and I was like, oh, okay. And then I was playing around with like the car density and the people density and all of that sort of stuff. And it annoyed me even more that the opening section of that game, where you actually got to have more interaction on the Matrix side of it, felt so kind of boring in comparison. Because yeah. I was like, great. I, no, I've just, I've just I, played I'm, an on-rails section of a good We're going to have to agree to disagree, but like, again, <laughs> I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. It sounds like you downloaded this thing wanting more of a Matrix game than you were ever going to get, when in reality, this, <laughs> no, was, no, no, not this was an Unreal Engine experience designed to advertise the Unreal Engine to potential game developers, not even to players, that happen to use the Matrix as a backdrop. Let me, let me use an example. You know, exactly, exactly. But this is my problem with it. So, for example, one of the reasons there's a section <laughs> in Marvel's Avengers that feels like utter trash, and that is a section wow. where you're walking around. I can't believe it. I can't believe wow, it. Wow, he's gone there. the meme. He's listen, gone there. listen, listen, listen. You're, you're walking around, right, uh, as Bruce Banner before you turn into the Hulk, and it feels trash. And the reason it feels trash compared to a lot of other games that have you walking around is because the engine they've used has been built to play a superhero game where you can leap around and you can smash stuff. And so the en- it doesn't work. The engine doesn't work well when you're just walking. So for an engine 
for you to give an experience of how the engine's going to feel, I need to be able to play a bit of like a game in that engine. To just show me that it looks pretty in some situations is irrelevant. I need to feel how the engine feels when the game mechanics are working. Well, and they didn't give you that. They just gave you some pretty stuff. I mean, I mean, which I'm like, to, what's to the be, point? To be fair, Jonesy does make a very valid point. There, what's the point, when, Jamie? Especially when you think of like um, the fucking, what's it called? There's n- there was like the game what, mechanics the side is the, the EA important engine? part. Oh, uh, Frostbite. Frostbite. Like Frostbite, certain genres really fucking struggle. There, because there, then, because is... the engine struggles with certain, that's why you use certain engines for yeah, certain games. Like, so you're like, saying it sounds like you're talking about a new engine. We're talking about the Unreal Engine Five, <laughs> but you, what, like the but, fifth Unreal Engine that some of the the foundations of some of the best games of all time have already. But been you're built annoyed on the predecessors of this. You're annoyed that I didn't love this um, this demo for an, for the engine Unreal Engine I, Five. I, no, I I couldn't care less whether you you liked it or hate it. My irritation. I thought it was a bad. Irrita- I thought it was a bad tech my, demo. No, my irritation is that there's a fundamental misunderstanding on your part. Of like what the the impressiveness of what this is doing. No, it was a bad. I thought it was a bad tech demo. They shouldn't have done that. They shouldn't have used that. We, we need to that. move on. We need to move on. We need to move on because it just makes us look stupid. Um, it just looked pretty, and it needed more. It needed so much more than just looking pretty. You know, however, they whatever skin they gave it. Jonesy, please, if I can give you one bit of homework between now and then. What's the Digital Foundry video on it? They're just going to tell me how pretty which, it looks. Which is almost which is almost an hour long. And please listen to people with game development experience, years of it, who are far more knowledgeable in this stuff than us. Tell us why you're wrong, please. But they're just going to say how pretty it was because they couldn't do anything else apart from that. Because you couldn't do anything hey, else apart get, from that. Hey, there's something for you, Chris. Mister, I love a debate. Doesn't want to watch a video that's going to prove him wrong. Anyway, how's it going to prove? There was nothing to prove wrong, though. You, they, it's not like they got to play it. Everyone got to play it. That's the point. No, it's not like they got to like play more of like, in that engine, play around in that engine, and see how it actually feels like doing stuff. No, no, like, that's exactly what it. you're able to do in it. They actually got early access no, to can't. it as well, and they got to interview the developers. You talk about you talk about the bit afterwards in the open world. No, but even 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 the fucking tech demo, Jonesy, like you you do whatever you do in there, and then it's like cool. Now you can fucking play around with the engine. There was you can, the other. You can, you can turn everything into a fucking We're wireframe like, if you want to. Oh, you say, yeah, to see all like the um, the um, the shapes and things. But did you did you not think like the comp, the collisions with the cars and stuff felt trash as well? You're, 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 I, we need to stop this conversation. We need, well, like that's so. I thought I thought that was I thought like, that was weird. Again, the very the very first thing I said like ten seconds into you started talking about this was that you've missed you've completely misunderstood what. No, this was you about. you're and you're you annoyed. Say, you literally just you saying do you not think the car collisions were crap? Like backs up my point. Like I don't think you. They did. Think, they were completely I don't, I don't unrealistic. Think we're aligned in terms of what we think this thing was demonstrating. I, I found it felt like a. I thought they were giving me a, to, a chance to play around in an engine that should have looked and felt uh, fantastic, and it looked fantastic, and it felt kind of crappy. And then they didn't even uh-huh. let me play around with the game mechanics in the first half of it. And I'm. I thought it was kind of an odd tech demo to put out there, like without it being. Um, it's not odd. It's you not know, odd at all. Why would they not make it better? <laughs> Why would they not do a better tech? Because the engine's obviously going to be capable of it. Why would you give a half-assed like tech demo? Well, it, it, to, to to do that, you'd have to like uh, come up first, discover the fundamentals between behind why you're one of the only people who thinks it's half-assed to begin with, and that's for <laughs> you to figure out, not for uh, like yeah. like it felt half-assed. It's one of the I heard. I, sorry, I was, Chris, I was one of those things. I heard I heard an expression this week that I very much liked, which was like this: "I can explain it to you, I can't understand it for you." 
I, you know what, I play. I literally thought the reaction to it would be people going, "Oh, that was a bit. That was a bit of a weird implementation." And then I just saw loads of people going, "Oh my god, it was the best thing ever!" And I'm like, "Okay." Weird. Because for what it was, it is pretty much the best thing ever. Anyway, the the thing that struck me about it the is the, the the whole the whole point of it, though, right? Like marrying the tech demo with the Matrix is kind of saying, like, "Hey, the Matrix, like as a simulation." And here's a simulation that you can play on your next-gen console. And it just made me realize, fellas, we are living in Unreal Engine 25. <laughs> Probably. I mean, yeah. You, yeah. Like, it, it gives more precedence, and that's why they did it with The Matrix, to raise these kinds of questions. But it does give more precedence to the idea of, like, we're fucking inching further, like, closer and closer to the actual Matrix. And, hey, yeah. guess what? We're in a fucking simulation. Well... You know, one of the most befitting of a simulation endings to the Game Awards that we could have got yeah. was that when things finally wound down and uh, we'd uh, all drunk in the reveal <laughs> of The Matrix Awakens, unaware of the uh, the uh, the arguments that were to follow, <laughs> is uh, Jeff Keighley finally uh, took a moment to announce the winner of this year's Game of the Year award. Yes. And despite a number of hot and heavy frontrunners, the perhaps surprise winner was... It takes two from Hazelight. Fair enough, man. Um, Joseph Farris, one of the uh, the <laughs> arguably a Game Awards made celebrity, got to take to the stage, reiterate his disdain for the Oscars, <laughs> and take home an award that I didn't expect them to win. But yeah, fair enough. Like, uh, it was one of those years. I'm glad they won it, man. Like it, it, I think it's yeah, I am as well. It, it's a good thing. Like it's a it's a well deserved win. Like yeah, would, would I have preferred if Psychonauts two took it home? Sure. But like, it's probably a good thing for the industry that they won it. Yeah. Did you did you get the the feeling with all of the awards that this year maybe more than most was just a case of trying to just disperse the awards around, you know, select few games. It was it was almost like oh this game needs to win something, that game <laughs> needs to win something. It well, was no, a, because like know. like Psychonauts had however many nominations and it didn't win anything. Well, but but there were other instances where game it was, it was I don't know it just felt like it was almost I, like I do kind of know what you mean like I, I, De- Deathloop won a couple right but otherwise it was like Metroid Dread won I think like one and then like Guardians yeah. won one and like there were like Resident Evil Forza won one, one, one and Forza well Forza won I think three in the end because it was good for like accessibility uh, right, right. and that kind of stuff and, yeah yeah um, it, was, it was a bit of a but hey it takes two is a great game. So fair play. Yeah, and I, and I like what Hazelight are doing, and kind of, I'm not going to say what they stand for. That sounds a little bit too <laughs> poignant. But well, hey, like, so far they haven't molested anyone, so they, you know, you know what? Yeah, although they did. Actually, I'm not going. I'm not going to get into it. It's <laughs> no, a, do, um, do no I was going to. I was going to say they did release a picture when they got back to the studio, being like, "Hey, thanks for the awards," and people were quite quick to notice. Like, boy, oh boy, is that a room full of white men? Um, but. <laughs> You know what? I think they're based somewhere in in a Nordic country. Um, but so there is that. Fellas, I've just, I've just, I've fucking solved the game industry. Yeah. Don't hire women. Check easy. Don't hire uh, anyone who isn't straight. Okay, bingo. And you've solved the problem of harassment because just straight white men. Just straight white men. You're not yeah. going. They're not going to molest each other. So there you go. Solved it. Written, written by David Cage, <laughs> running on the Unreal Engine Five. Yeah, uh, this is where we're at. <laughs> I think we've cracked it. 
And and you know what the the end result will be, regardless of how good the writing is or you know anything like that. It will uh, it will look it will, it'll look pretty. Seven it'll out of ten. It won't, and that's what we have. That's all we want. It won't. It just won't feel right. All, though. all we want is looking pretty. That's all that matters. It will look pretty. It won't feel right. Yeah. Feel feel weird. Yeah, it'll feel weird. Like a, like a blow up, like one of those real dolls. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I now it's know not quite the real I'm, thing. I now know what I'm getting Jamie for Christmas. Looks pretty, doesn't feel right. But he's getting good. me like a fucking flashlight, basically. Yeah, but it's got a face. I start with a face. Wow. Wow. Some some um, kind of a monstrosity. There you go. Anyway, um, any closing thoughts on the game awards? Did did, did Jeff pull it out of the bag this year or? My God, it was long. Training? It, it was it, long. It needs to be an hour to an hour and a half long, and it needs to be <laughs> at a reasonable fucking time for the rest of the world to watch it. Yeah. To be fair, I can vouch that because the second the running time of the Game Awards comes down, the running time of this podcast can come down a little bit. Because boy, <laughs> oh boy, um, as is always the case when there's any kind of big show or a bunch of announcements, um, we like to, we run long. Um, so thank you both um, for, <laughs> thank for joining me on that series of misadventures. Thank you, Jamie, um, for hosting. Well, you know, we almost held it together. We had a we had a shaky start, and then I, I, with hindsight, <laughs> I do feel like end. kind of. Um, I uh, kind of pop the lid off things a little bit at the end there. Um, but then uh, sometimes there's a, some people like that when me and Jonesy do that. And some people don't. Some people say it's the highlight of the episodes. So there you go. I don't even know if Jonesy likes it. Like I'm about to end this call and I don't know if he's going to be angry at me tonight. He's never going to speak to you again because of the main well, because I, No, because I forget what I say. Like, do you remember one episode where I had to apologize because I called him like an idiot or something in the previous one? And I was like, I didn't mean to say that. Yeah. There's, nothing you, there's nothing you can do about being a shill for the games industry, Jamie. You're wow. just gonna have to live with it. You've got to remember that, like, you've got a life, you're you. Right? You've got you've got a wife. You've got <laughs> kids. You've got a life outside of video games. I'm 28 years old, and my mum <laughs> asked me what what PlayStation Five games I want for Christmas this year. She I know still calls me Jimmy Nibs. <laughs> Jimmy Nibs. I know that you're Reddit personified, so it's fine. I know, wow. I, under, I understand yeah, it. It's all good. Neck, neck beard, check. Uh, incel, check. Horrible gaming opinions, check. Mm. Um, but is, in, is, but is that, in line with the masses, so is, that's is that what the, counts. Is that the Super Show starter pack? That's, that that's the level one. I do not want to see one of those Super Shows. Anyone ever make a Super Show starter pack because <laughs> it will fucking hurt my soul. Um, oh. Anyway, we've made it to the end. As I said, thank you both for your perseverance and making it through that mass of game... Uh, reveals and gameplay bits thank you for and hosting Jamie. and all that stuff my pleasure and thank you all at home so much for listening if you're on a podcasting platform for watching if you're on youtube remember to like the video if you are over there subscribe to the channel leave a little comment stay tuned to all the hot content we've got coming out over the festive period there are six lists that are going to be hitting the youtube channel soon if you want to get them extra early and also help us out in the process patreon.com forward slash super show you can subscribe at the five dollar tier and get access to a wealth of premium exclusivo content and in the meantime we'll be back presumably depending on both covid and christmas next week with another episode of the super show podcast but until then thank you so much and we'll see you later see ya see ya